Welcome back to Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old time fan. My pronouns are V, Vim, or it, it, and you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash ash, man. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr at LazarusEmma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns, and you can follow me on Twitter at TuppleThrones. And you can follow the show on Twitter and on Tumblr at Word of Godcast. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about 3-7 Fresh Blood and 3-8 A Very Supernatural Christmas. Yes. Yep. Uh, and here are some content warnings for these episodes. Content warnings for this episode include implied sexual manipulation with incestuous undertones, ableism, racist undertones, drug use, dehumanization, descriptions of violence, gore, and blood, brief orientalism, suicidal ideation, traumatized children, implied pedophilia, deaths of family members, brief discussion of child abuse, brief discussion of spiking drinks. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or shoot an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. And I think at this point in the show, I can say that I hate saying the word ask box. It's so hard to say. <laughs> ask box. Ask box. Ask box. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of sk noises you, like you gotta hit make. The K so for that. hard. Yeah. Ask box. But okay, I Emma, you can call it our ask box. Ask box. Pussy. No, so that's a different that box. <laughs> <laughs> on that note on this note um fresh blood three seven okay fresh blood was written by sarah gamble which is explains a lot about it uh also directed by Kim oh Anders. boy and uh so we open with bella sarah getting gamble into her car at night but then gordon is there and so he holds her at gunpoint having taken her gun and tells her to tell him where the winchesters are she says that she doesn't respond well to threats but she likes offers so she takes his mojo bag and calls zine for him title card the, i think it's very cute that bella has his number but we'll get to that the boys are it, on a vampire is. hunt dean acts as bait letting her get much too close like she bites him and everything before he injects her with dead man's blood so sam is concerned and dean brushes it off running theme of the season and episode uh-huh uh, next up we see the boys interrogating this poison vampire named lucy she's tied to a chair in a motel room and she doesn't even know that she's a vampire she thinks that she got high from some red liquid that this guy gave her at the club and so the boys realize that of course this was vampire blood that turned her uh so he t she says that he took her somewhere to wait while he got her something to eat but she, her hunger overtook her which is when she killed two to three people um but she doesn't know that that's what happened and dean says that they have no choice and so he beheads her we see sam's flinch as we hear it happen i want to jump in here real quick uh for all you buffy fans out here uh out there uh this is harmony from buffy this actress so we get another buffy vampire cameo um then the the man that lucy attacked at the start of this hunt uh is in the hospital kubrick and gordon come talk to him and find out that the winchesters are in town uh-oh uh the boys meanwhile are staking out the club that lucy pointed out and see the guy about to turn another blonde girl so they stop him in time but he gets away before they can try to go after him kubrick and gordon show up with guns and so dean draws their fire to sam's concern again and the vampire knocks gordon out the boys reconvene at the motel door Dorn. <laughs> Doing great. Um, Dean realizes that Bella sold them out, and so he has an angry call with her. Cut to the vampire's lair, a warehouse with two blonde girls hanging from their wrists, and Gordon tied to, like, a bed. Um, or a bed frame or something. 
The vampire comes back and feeds the girls some blood. He calls them family and tells Gordon that vampires are a dying species, thanks mostly to him and viewers like, I mean, hunters like him. Uh, a hunter <laughs> kills his daughter, so now he turns other girls as his new daughters. Gordon is fantasy racist at him, and the vampire decides that instead of feeding Gordon to his daughters, he's going to turn him into his own worst nightmare. Epic. Uh, it's back at the it's motel, real fucked up. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get into it. It's a lot. Back at the motel, the boys agree to kill Gordon. Sam's ease with this surprises Dean, who is still worried that Sam is going dark side. Um, Bella calls back and tells them where Gordon is to pay them back, but she warns them that the spirit that she used to find this information also said not to go after Gordon. Um, Gordon is now changing. Shout out to seating. the spirit. <laughs> yeah, the spirit. Sorry, we'll talk about this later. I just thought that was really funny when that came up. <laughs> Gordon is now chained to the ceiling like the girls are, but he breaks out, and so they beg for help, and we don't see his response yet. Outside the warehouse, Gordon stares at his vampire reflection and then attacks somebody, and there's like this blood spray, rest in peace, random guy. Um, the guys come into the warehouse, find that the blondes have been decapitated by Gordon's bare hands. Dixon, the vampire who's been turning everybody, is mourning them. He tells the Winchesters to kill him since he's already dead. Staring down eternity alone, he appeals to Dean as a miserable little Dean mirror. Um, Gordon goes off to find Kubrick and tells him he has to um, he has to kill Gordon, but first let him kill Sam. And so the one thing that the one good thing to come out of this is that now he can kill Sam Winchester easier. So he in the middle of this conversation, turns his back on Kubrick, who tries to sneak attack kill him, but Gordon catches and kills him and says, I'm sorry. Okay, that's not really very helpful, Gordon. Um, the boys smash their phones to stop Gordon tracking them. Dean says that he'll go after Gordon. Sam says stop going on suicide missions. They have a really good conversation that I promise we will get into, and Dean agrees to hole up and wait for Gordon with Sam. Um, is the gist Yeah, it's of the best part of this episode. Yeah. They Maybe the call. only good part of this episode. <laughs> Um, Gordon calls them. He smelled them at the cell phone store and presumably got their numbers out of the guy who works there, I guess. Anyway, they they smashed their old phones, so they got new phones, but he called them anyway. Um, he has a hostage. He tells them to meet him at a factory. They tell him, don't do this. You're still a hunter. And he says, no, I'm a monster. Okay, we'll talk about it. Then they go check out the factory. Fully jokerified. They save the girl. She and Dean get separated from Sam as, like, a door closes in between them. So now Sam is in the dark with Gordon, who can see because he's got vampire vision. Um, Gordon gives the villain monologue, and it comes out that he turned that girl. So Dean has to shoot her with the cult. Meanwhile, Sam and Gordon continue to fight. Dean comes around and enters the fray. Gordon bites Dean, and Sam charges him weaponless and manages to gruesomely behead him with vampire... with. Razor wire and brute force. It's really gross. It's bad. (sighs) Then uh, Dean makes fun of Sam for being the reckless one this time. Ha ha, isn't it funny? Then we see the boys hanging out on the side of the road, and Dean teaches Sam how to fix the car, since he'll need to know for the future. Dean takes a seat and a drink to watch, and we fade All right, this was the other good part of the episode. (laughs) Forgot about that scene. And that's the episode. Thanks, Sarah Gamble. (sighs) Thanks, Sarah Gamble. Yeah. Well... Rip to Gordon. Yeah. We don't have to worry about him anymore, I guess. Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> we will once again around. be posting the Sarah Gamble and anti-blackness post with this episode, since I'm sure we will be referencing it. Mm. Yep. Okay, we got to do chronologically because I don't even know mm. where to start here with all this. Yeah, we, we have got to approach this slowly, like we're vampires circling our prey. 
Are prey being the top, the primary topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, my first note is oof ableism because Bella asks Gordon if he's off his meds. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. great start to this episode. Yeah. We've got the the scary black man holding the white woman at gunpoint, and yeah. then she yeah. makes an ableist comment at him. It's it's yeah. <sighs> Supernatural is the show. It's also like, I don't know, I guess the Antichrist is maybe a bridge too far for her, but she deals with weird supernatural shit all the time. Well, also, Sam is a poor little meow meow. Yeah, that's true. She thinks Sam is a poor little meow. If you met Sam and someone was like, that guy's the Antichrist, I'd be concerned for their mental health a little bit. Other than that, I I did like this scene. I like it. It was like, oh, hey, two, like... Recurring characters that we've not seen on screen together are suddenly on screen together. That's always fun in episodic TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bella's like slow realization of like, oh, I'm dealing with like, okay, how do I deal with this person? Uh, yeah. Which like comes up again later as far as like, oh, great. Thanks, dogs. It's the, I think it's probably the males here. One second. I'm just going to go shut them up right now. I think we should keep this in. Ugh. My dogs are so funny. Whenever they think like something is outside that's like threatening them and they all like freak out and bark, they'll bark for like minutes on. Mm-hmm. But if I go downstairs and I open up the door and I show them that there's nothing outside, they all immediately calm down and go back to sleep. <laughs> it's great. The opposite um, of putting a cage over over a uh, cover over a parrot cage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, they just got to know everything's fine. Um, yeah, I really like the slow realization from Bella that like also continues later on when she realizes when she's like talking to Dean and she realizes how much she's like she hadn't expected this to be as dangerous or go as bad as she thought it would um and i don't know it's good it's like she's just dicking around having a good time as always and like has stumbled into like a guy who very genuinely wants to kill a person that she knows and like has a not unfriendly relationship i guess with slightly antagonistic yeah slightly antagonistic yeah she did shoot him but again not to kill him (laughs) she doesn't want sam dead is i guess the point Mm mm-hmm and yeah, the uh, the the her kill calling his bluff, kill me. Good luck finding Sam and Dean, which I also like because it's like, yeah, Gordon at this point anyway is not the sort of person that would harm like a human being that has not like immediately done anything wrong. I mean, Bella's done wrong things, of course, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, we support women's wrongs, etc. Um, but uh, <laughs> but I really like the way he's like. Ugh, he's just like looking around, just like, what am I supposed to do here? And it's like, I can wrangle up three grand. But she says, she I don't says, get out of bed yeah. for three grand. It's very good. Literally. Good for her. Yeah, um, it's good. It's I a good like interaction. That her gun, I mean, like, I noted that her gun is like small and pretty and dainty. And he has uh-huh. like, a bulkier little handgun. She has like a very feminine gun, which is funny because like the other pretty gun, not the cult, is um Dean's little pearl handle yeah. shot um also handgun, which is never commented mm-hmm. on. Nobody ever makes fun of Dean's gun for being pretty. 
<laughs> it's because it's, it's manly. Very, um, it's it's pretty in a manly way. You can be feminine as long as you are still shooting things. Mm-hmm. I'm extremely self-conscious at this point, being the person who edits this episode and has to listen to my own speech patterns of how much I say classic. Um, <laughs> but this is this is very much a big genre fiction moment of, oh yes, the character's weapon represents who they are as a person. Like, the way they interact with the world and how they deal with the supernatural by shooting them, etc., is like an extension of themselves, and in a character design sort of way, represents them. Yeah. It's an accessory. It just yeah. happens to kill people. Or, yep. you know, not people. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, my next note is Waldine is playing bait. Yeah, I like this scene. I like I like it whenever the show opens in media res with the boys doing a monster of the week hunt that isn't the point of the episode. It's like here's them yeah. living their it's life. Their day job. And it Yeah, and it ties into the episode, but still, it's like yeah, they're at the end of an investigation here. If this was a monster of the week episode, this would be the last like this would be minute 38 or something. <laughs> uh, um I guess it's minute 20 because they caught her to find the person who turned her, but still. Yeah. It's a part way through an episode, that is my point. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry, so, it was your... So, Dean is bait again. Dean has already been bait specifically for vampires in 120 at mm-hmm. John's uh, instructions. And so this time he's bait because he has nothing to lose, right? And so he, like, slices up his arm so that she can smell the blood, and he goes, I smell good, don't I? It tastes even better. Um, By the way, he has, like, a saw-bladed machete... Throughout this episode, well, it's they're, huge. They're it's so big. Yeah, I was like, people. is this his vampire hunting machete? Is this for decapitation? Yeah. You need it's a basically a knife. small sword. Um, demon swords. Eyes emoji. Ha ha ha. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> for a second, I thought you meant in a gay way. <laughs> God damn it. Um, he also calls himself free lunch. and He does. When he does... Um, get her in the neck with the syringe of dead man's blood. He's he goes like whoo. It's like this whoop of like feeling alive. Calling, calling back to episode two. Dean being like, "I'm so delicious. Come eat me." Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, yeah. Episode two of season one. I mean, literally yeah. the f- second the episode back. of the show. Come get some white meat, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> he's so stupid. Dean, which he just wants be to be like, eaten. is anyone gonna eat he, me he, and he, not he, wait for an he, <laughs> Dean Winchester's Vorkink. Mm. Stop saying things. <laughs> <laughs> it's my goal to be kicked out of the podcast for being a cursed asshole. <laughs> then who will do cursed the intro? Asshole sounds like the worst supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the energy today. All right. Woohoo! Oh, it's because none of us want to talk about this next scene, do we? <laughs> Yeah, I'm. My next note actually just says babies, but I don't know why. I it's probably because the Winchesters look very young. That's usually what that note means, but I don't know what the they shot is. So they're just little. My next note is yikes, followed by Gordon. You are really bad at this. All right, I'll take the L here. All right. So they tie this vampire to a chair. Oh, this one. And. Torture slash threaten her for information. Threaten to torture her for information, as mm-hmm. the, as is their want. Mm-hmm. Um, we get 
vampirism specifically aligned with uh drugs here which is not which is a common metaphor for vampires but not i believe a metaphor we've gotten in this show before mm, i don't think so this may be the first time i'm pretty sure it comes up again later so yeah that is not surprising to me uh it's again super common vampire thing well the episode i'm thinking um, of is vampirism as like both drugs and sex so yeah pick of sex ice. also i mean sex the original vampire thing if it whatever whatever vice the culture has a particularly taboo slash antagonistic relationship about vampires will come to represent it yeah mm -hmm. um anyway yeah, very specifically it's the the vampire d what's his name she says like dick dixon. dixon what's it dixon um was deacon another vampire deacon rung a bell deacon, oh i'm thinking of deacon frost i'm thinking no no, deacon no I'm, out of prison I'm thinking of okay that's fair but i'm thinking of deacon frost from um the marvel comics from blade <laughs> okay uh who is a vamp vampire uh anyway Deacon I love and Dixon are both very vampire names. They are. They are. Mm. Anyway, he is explicitly. Uh, I guess he's not. Ex I guess he's not actually a drug dealer, but he is masquerading as a drug dealer to be like, "This will get you high." Mm -hmm. And Lucy, yeah. this whole time, is like, "I want to come down. I can't come down." The yeah. the 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 the, the subtext is text. Mm -hmm. It doesn't um, actually say the word drugs are high, but those are like the only words missing from it. She says she took something. Mm, that's mm -hmm. true. No, you're right. That's that's interesting. That's interesting that they're like. Oh, it does say he said he was a dealer. If... He had something for me. Yeah, but again, drug or high, not said. Yeah. I wonder if it's like a ratings thing. I don't know. Who knows? Um. Does it get mentioned in like the little content warnings at the start where it like tells you the rating? Uh, I don't get those on Amazon Prime, so yeah. I don't know. Well, Netflix has, but I don't check them. I'm just like, yeah, mm. I know what I'm watching. It's Supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess things I like about this scene is that the club is named Spider. It's that's a goofy name for a club, and um, I like the way she's like. I can hear blood pumping. Like I can hear like the blood pumping in your chest. Like I can hear your heart beating. That's kind of neat. As like yeah, new says, vampire being says, like, what the fuck is going on? She can hear a heart on? beating from half a block away. Yeah, it's a lot mm -hmm. of hearts. I mean, I yeah. guess not in this deserted warehouse, so they can torture her. But yeah. That would explain. Well, I guess they don't. Three people. I guess they don't end up torturing her, but they do that kill her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Sam it's... promises that if he, sorry, if she, I just completely spaced out of what we were saying. Um, if you tell us what happened, we'll let you go. Uh, and Sam, Dean gives like a really weird look, um, because he's surprised yeah. at this offer. Sam once again negotiating with monsters. Sam as the one sympathetic to Inhumans. It's, um, but also Dean being concerned by this. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, it's interesting that there are like two different ways of reading that. Is it, is Sam being, is Sam telling the truth here or is Sam lying to her? And either way, that would be an understandable, like, dude, what the fuck, like reaction from Dean. Um, but also, like, like wow, you're misleading says, her that she's gonna like, live. We we have to kill her. Like Sam doesn't argue or anything. He's just like yeah. sad about it. Yeah. He doesn't even go like no, I promised nothing. He just does not. Um. There's a. I think this is a deliberate callback to the werewolf episode to Hart. 
uh, because we get the same like woman screaming in another room as she dies close up on yeah. one of the brothers' face, this but it's Sam this time. Also, Sarah and Gamble, he does the same sort of. So it could just yeah. be like she likes that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like he does the same sort of flinch that Dean does at the end of that episode. Also, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I just thought that parallelism there was interesting. Um, There's but yeah, thing. I go on. Um, once they're when they're like trying to convince her that the quote unquote drugs she took, she does say roofies. Um, but the she does supposed say roofies. drugs she says she took was actually turning her into a vampire, and she's like, "But it won't wear off." And he goes, "Lights are too bright, sunshine hurt your skin." And I was like, "Say it, yeah. say it out loud." <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I sort of. Um, calling back to what our uh, guest Nick said last episode, uh, with the conversation that we had about interaction slash coming into contact with the supernatural being related to like criminality or um, like moral wrongdoing in some way. Uh, all this stuff here about like part of like she took the drug. And it's tragic, but it's in a way it's her own fault, and now she has to die for it. Like, oh, don't do drugs, kids. Like, you'll become a vampire and get killed. It's like, and all the sort of like alarmism around drugs, like leading you down a path that you can never come back from, et cetera, et cetera, which is a big mm-hmm. reason why vampires are often tied into drug usage and the dehumanization of people that do drugs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's not great. I don't like it. I didn't like this scene. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's everything. <laughs> I had to comment, but it was about a, a later line, so I'll hold off. We'll get to it. Um, next up, we have Gordon telling this guy that if he had been infected, you would have had to kill you. And he goes, ha ha ha, and Gordon just stares ha, at ha, him. Ha ha ha, yeah. Also, Kubrick's back. Um, yeah. Not for long. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, it turns out bad for him, but I was like, yay, it's Kubrick. Kubrick and Gordon are working together now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, not for long. He's not in this episode very much. Um, yeah, for, like, a really experienced, impressive hunter, Gordon is, like, so bad at pretending to be FBI. Yeah, he is. Like, he just think like, you expect this, like, guy who got a chunk bit out of his neck to just, like, accept this, like, threat? <laughs> You're just staring at him, like... Yeah. It's really this weird. Guy, this guy doesn't show up again ever again, right? Like, he, this is the end of the story as far as he's concerned. He just gets to go home and be like, yeah, an FBI agent said yeah. that if I had been blood infected by this <laughs> random girl who bit me, to, like, yeah. actually, he would have had to kill me. Uh-huh. And then he mm-hmm. just has to move on from that. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it's a really bad cover. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Gordon. Like, all he would have had to do is just be like, haha, I'm just kidding with you. But, like, he wouldn't do that. He refused like, literally, just, like, flash a smile. Like, it's not even... And Kubrick was like, yep, this is... Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> They're just like, I'm not even gonna step weirdos. in. Yeah. Um, and then I also love how when the guy tells them that one of the hunters was really tall, yeah. Gordon yeah. is immediately like, oh, it's gotta uh, be Sam. Like, I know they is. got He's their general like location from Bella. If you meet a guy who's 6'4", you're like, oh, God, that guy's really tall. Do you know how many men I know who are tall yeah it's not impossible a lot of them but uh two guys chasing down the vampire and one of them is it really is tall. It's, it's pretty good odds when they're in the area but also what if this was just some random like they didn't even like take another step to like figure out if 
it was them. They were like, yeah, they're two tall guys. Gotta be the Winchesters. Let's go advance on them with guns out. Yeah. Also, again, it's funny that it's one of them was real tall, even though, like, even though, I guess, like, next to Sam, Dean looks short, but Dean also is tall, as we talk mm-hmm. about all the time. No, this is where the ghost facer effect breaks down, and you can actually see that Dean is 5'6". Wait. We can't start talking about the ghost facer effect yet. We haven't I, even seen the ghost facer episode. the hell out of you. I'm sorry why I'm <laughs> lying. <laughs> <I did. laughs> we will talk about the ghost facer's effect and soon, the soon, the like beep weeks. one theory and yeah, okay. literally in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. I don't oh. even properly understand it why it's okay. I'm okay. going to have such a field day. It's going to be so much fun. But basically what I was saying is just like joking about like Dean being distinct from Jensen and Jensen happens to be tall, but Dean as a character independent of the physical form used to embody him should be short. He has manlit energy. Fair enough. Um <laughs> fair enough. Uh next note is about Spider which is just kind of funny to me the uh is a hotel is um is the marble arch hotel in downtown vancouver incredible (laughs) they don't really they they try not to show very much of it in the shot because they just dressed up like the first floor of this hotel to look like a club it's just amusing to me it's got the curtains i guess like looking at it like yeah i guess they i guess it makes sense clubs have curtains on the windows i don't know dixon um, walks off with the young blonde like under his arm like he's he's walking over yep. with them like they're a hookup and then he goes to give them fake drugs that is actually vampire blood like it it is it's uh like, it's very freudian <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway yeah they go after this guy they save this woman uh, and then gordon and kubrick show up and a thing happens here that i thought was really interesting because tv shows almost never do this where they pull out their guns and it's like, oh no, they're here. Cut to commercial break. Cut back. In the middle of the scene, Gordon is already firing. Generally, when a TV show cuts for commercial break, it rewinds when it comes back. In case you like missed the last 30 seconds or whatever. Like you need, you need to be like reestablished in the scene. But this deliberately broke that rule in a way that I thought. Like, in a way that I don't know how I feel about, because it was both a little bit jarring, but also I, f- I thought it was effective because it's very because it is jarring to get shot at. I don't know. It was mm. it was it was an interesting choice, I guess, is why I wanted to highlight that. Yeah, I know yeah. the my notes here say fast smash cut to black, which is the other end of this commercial break. Um, like Gordon picks up his gun and then immediately it goes black. Um, normally there's like a little bit more of like a slower motion before the cut and this time it was like mm. someone's moving and then suddenly it's black yeah uh, before the commercial break though um when dixon is offering the blood he, i don't maybe this is just because i am square it did not seem appealing to me at all he's like one taste of this you'll never be the same like why yeah. would you want something that would change your life in such a way? Why would you want drugs? I don't know. I mean, never be the same. Like, how is that a good well, pitch? Like, I, I get mean, a lot it, of people also, that does not appeal to me at all. I don't <laughs> like that at all. A, a lot of what I've heard about from like people who have done shrooms mm-hmm. is like it 
changes your life in a way that like opens up like it makes your brain feel like ah oh, the world is so like cool and nice and i don't i'm not afraid of dying anymore and stuff like that that like i've heard people talk about having a very positive experience with so from that mm. angle i understand taking a drug like that that would change your life but like i would not trust a, a weird man offering me like without like proper research and yeah safety procedures etc etc because shrooms can also fuck you up yeah, um, she apparently shrooms know what are really good for treating is, depression. You know? Yeah, yeah, they're really good for treating depression. <laughs> He's like, this "What are you supposed to tell the ER permanently?" And she's like, "Yep, yes. no questions yeah. here." Like, what are you going to tell the paramedics if you OD? Exactly. Yeah, like I'm so I mean, worried for this girl's health. In the yeah, yeah, Literally. she is probably already under the influence of something, but yeah, yes. she didn't seem Which, fully in her right mind here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I was just like, I get it in this case, but that's mm -hmm. not really the case that we're dealing with here. Yeah. No. Okay, now we can move past the commercial break. Um, do you, do this you action scene again? is good, but it's uh, it's too quick for me. It like, I don't know, it ends really cleanly. It was, it was for... hard to follow a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I like, like Kubrick, uh, yeah, I'm just rewatching it now. It's like Dean Kubrick climbs up through Sam, that thing. Goes after Dean, Kubrick, who is intended to drop. Yeah, Kubrick goes after Dean. And Gordon stays for Sam, but Dixon shows up and knocks him out, which is very convenient for yeah. Sam. Yeah, well, it's like Kubrick going after Dean is never dealt with. Like, yeah, I just got away. Yeah, he's, he lost him. It's, it's fine. It felt like there was like part of the script that was cut for time or something. It's like, yeah, we have this, but also we're not really. I don't know. The cause and effect of it doesn't work for me. Mm. It's like screenwriting one hundred and one. Every scene needs to follow from the previous one. Yeah. Also, speaking of um, Gordon, well, not really speaking of, calling back to Gordon being bad at his, at his job, surprisingly. How are they so bad at shooting? They literally it's, shoot well, this for yeah. a living. That is yes. their one job. And then they're like, pew, pew, stormtroopers. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's dumb. Like the boys don't get hit even a little bit. They have two people shooting. Yeah, at yeah, they didn't even get shot range, like some, like, fine. like somewhere where they, you know, where it would be not lethal. Well, it would probably be pretty bad um, for them to start bleeding in a vampire episode. Yeah, but like that could be interesting. Yes. Um. Should have happened. Anyway, Sam's like, Dean, stop being suicidal again. And Dean's response is, "What can I say? I'm a badass." And, yeah. Yeah. Dean doing his Dean thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dean also says that Gordon's out of jail, even though it was prison. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> they is, are used interchangeably. This is just going to be a running gag on this show. Now. Yeah. We, we made such a big deal um, out of it. We have to call it out. We did. Um, um, also, Dean, he does do Stop that. Doing um, that Dean. You can't do that. Only a we can do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's because it's bitch honorary. Yes. Dean also earlier says, sorry, I stopped for a slice. It's just like, shitty. Dean, your brother's just worried about you. Dean is so stupid. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I love how willing Bella is to just snitch. She's, She's like, like, no. It's fine. Gordon paid no me. loyalties here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. My notes here actually just say Bella, heart emoji, girl, heart emoji. <sighs> Bella is the reason that hashtag girl got banned on Tumblr. <laughs> <sighs> Um, yeah, this was a scene I was talking about earlier where Bella's like, oh, it's fine. Haha, <laughs> just a little betrayal between friends. And I didn't realize it was such a big deal. There are only two of you and one of him. And Dean says there were two of them. And Bella goes, oh, 
Yeah. And like, so, like I, I that's the the straw that breaks the camel's back. I guess it's it's funny, but like after that, Dean's like, "I'm gonna kill you." She's like, "You're not serious." And then Dean's like, "Listen to my voice and tell me if I'm serious," and hangs up. And then Bella is like, "Hmm, did I just fuck up? Have I fucked up? Did I fuck up? This did but Bella Telva doesn't fuck up, but maybe I just fucked up." <laughs> yeah, but also like it's kind of a compliment that she. Like, she probably intended it kind of as a yeah. compliment, where she's like, yeah, it's fine. I can send yeah. somebody after them because I know they'll be okay because they can handle it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it yeah, had been better of, like, for the Winchesters and Dean called all... up and was like, did you send Gordon after us? She'd be like, yeah, and you're fine, right? I knew you'd be fine. And then he'd be yeah. like, haha, Bella, you're such a prankster. It didn't go like yeah. that. <laughs> um, on that, this scene, though, is also... Uh, Bella's like he had a gun on me what was I supposed to do and he uh-huh. yells I don't know maybe pick up the phone and tell us that a raging psychopath was dropping by don't like the yeah he does um, say that don't, Mara, yeah, but no. also that um that particular line is a gif in uh one of the super who locked posts of old I see um because of course like r- riffing off the Sherlock high functioning sociopath line so like it was a chain mm. of different gifs from super hulak and i will see if i can find that one all right always fun to not to go on something. a tangent but that high functioning sociopath mm. line first uh. of all makes no sense second of all is just like the worst combination of ableist words i've yeah. ever heard yeah we cannot talk about this right we now but <laughs> this is not i think i should be legally allowed to hunt Stephen moffat for sport <laughs> yeah anyway anyway then we go to the vampire's lair yeah yeah um Love how grimy this place is. Very modern vampire tropes. Mm. Uh, Gordon calls Dixon's daughters fang whores. He does say that. He does. Fantasy sure slurs. We love it. He really does. Like, it doesn't even make sense it's... as a phrase if you're using fang in, like, the literal sense. But it makes sense if you replace it with vampire. And then, like, vampire whores makes sense. So he's not only being misogynistic and gross, he's also using his fantasy slur again. Yep. Yeah, he he calls them mindless bloodthirsty animals. Uh, Dixon says, we're so much more bloodthirsty than you. Hunters slaughtered my entire nest like they were having a party, murdered my daughter. And then, yeah, uh, calls It is very satisfying that he shows, daughter. like, a, a photo of his daughter, and it's, like, old-timey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love when vampires are old. Dixon says, I'm sorry you have such a low opinion of my people, which, again, all this, like, vampire as race shit. We've talked about this to death. But it continues to be bad. Go listen to our older episodes about vampires to listen to us talk about that in more detail. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is mostly retreading old ground, this scene. It's just like mm-hmm. a distillation of all the bad Gordon and yeah. vampires business we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also the emphasis I do... on family. So it is like very much a supernatural yeah. episode. It is bad yes. about race, it's emphasizing family and it's treating monsters as on as subhuman. I do like the the you're not so different you and I thing from Dixon here, uh, like calling back to Bella calling the boys serial killers. Like, yeah, Hunter, Mm -hmm. from the vampire's perspective, like, hunters are bloodthirsty. Mm -hmm. Very I Am Legend. Yeah, yeah. Look what I make a reference that I wasn't expecting myself to make and why it agrees with me. Yes, I'm passing nerd boy culture. (laughs) Uh, it is very cool, also, that vampires are apparently a dying breed because of hunters. Like, mm-hmm. there's there's a yeah. lot there. It's interesting. And it's something that has been 
commented on before. Um, this is kind of like a big main thesis point for a lot of vampire episodes, and will continue to be. I think it was first mentioned in Dead Man's Blood. Um, and then I think again in a different vampire episode. Um, Probably um, Bloodlust. Bloodlust, yeah, two, three. Probably, yeah. But yeah, it's a well-established, like, in-universe fact that hunters are essentially hunting vampires to extinction. Yeah. Which is a lot harder to do than, like, hunting something that, you know, procreates. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a it's... lot easier and faster for vampires to multiply. Yeah. The vampire thing, it's, yeah, it's weird. It's weird that it's vampires in particular, considering how it feels like a lot of the other monsters uh, would be like more rarer than vampires and yeah like you said easier to make extinct like i don't know how many changelings are out there it's also the show is i guess this is the thing the, we all we all know where vampires come from so it's very easy for the show to be like yeah this is where vampires come from like this is a thing we can deal with because everyone understands the rules of this already whereas the mm -hmm. show generally is uninterested in showing us where other monsters that is like the stuff that they make up come from yeah right or they make up slash might as well have made up like steal from folklore very badly <laughs> like the changelings like mm -hmm. lots of other things like the striga like i could just keep listing things um it's like it's it's the show is unconcerned where they emerge from mm -hmm. in a way that makes it hard to understand or think about like how common they are. Whereas with vampires and like werewolves specifically, this um, the threat of infection is, I think, really yeah. tantamount to, yeah. first of all, why the show is interested in talking about and second of all, helps the show to demonize them more yeah and there's the there's the next two drugs there's the disease connection too particularly the aids connection that is mm -hmm. very common with vampires like the way he presses his like bloody wound against gordon's bloody wound to make him a vampire is very uh charged imagery um yeah. but is classic vampire shit um and uh like diseases can be eradicated like that's a thing that humans try to do all the time um mm -hmm. it's like i guess it's easier to imagine vampirism as an idea being eradicated because it, like if you treat it as a virus rather than as a people i guess uh mm -hmm. as vampires do uh whereas for most other monsters they feel eternal it's like the yeah. idea of eradicating them is not even on the table it's like this is a thing that humanity will always be dealing with and have always been dealing with uh, in a yeah. way that like, feels you can't ahistorical stop unless you change yeah. how the afterlife yeah. works Mm -hmm. yeah but even like the things that are like living beings it's like the show never other than vampires have never addressed like their relationship to the world as a species of creatures like ecologically don't worry they Not will okay okay vampires too yes vampires fall into that that genealogy i guess <laughs> we'll get all right. there all right um so yeah, now Gordon is a vampire. Yeah. yeah. And also this is um <laughs> this is the show denying culpability again. Um I guess it didn't do that with Jake. I guess Jake is one of the only times where like culpability was not uh, even then he was opening a hellgate, but that's di he's he was still a human at that point. 
in this case, like they don't have to worry about whether or not they kill a human because look, Gordon's a vampire. Mm -hmm. uh, even and though they do uses... decide, go on. Oh well, Gordon uses his vampirism as an yes. excuse to yes. totally let go of whatever moral fabric he was clinging to. Yes. Um. Interesting that you say uses. It's unclear. Yeah. It's. I do have a note about this that I will talk about later. Yeah, when we, we should it. for now. We're, talk about we're that. With the boys who um, are currently yeah. deciding to kill Gordon, even though he's human. Yes, and Dean is yes. surprised by this, and he says, "I thought you would have been like, no, we can't. He's human. It's wrong." <laughs> Not quite yeah, in, in a... that voice, but but in a mocking voice, as I did. From a deontological perspective, they have already committed the sin of choosing to kill him, meaning the, the denied culpability doesn't matter, but from a utilitarian perspective, this is less bad than them actively killing him. So, depending on your moral framework. <laughs> yes. Um, also, during this conversation, the boys are playing with their weapons dean is like sharpening his knife sam's cleaning his gun i like it when they give them little toys to stim with yeah it's true mm -hmm. I mean, it's just also good good screenwriting you want characters to be doing yeah. things while they're talking because it makes exactly. the scene more engaging they're not just sitting there mm -hmm. um anyway yeah the, <laughs> the dean does the spongebob mocking voice <laughs> no we can't he's human it's wrong <laughs> yeah imagine imagine that in with mixed uppercase and lowercase <laughs> If we ever get oh, you meant the SpongeBob meme. I thought you just straight yeah. up meant SpongeBob. No, I mean the me. I mean the me. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Someone draw Dean doing the leaning forward, hands on his hips, making that face. <laughs> um, hmm. yeah. Bella calls them here and is like, "I don't like owing people favors." Um, it's like used a talking board to get a ghost. And yeah, shout out to this ghost. I love this ghost is like, yes, I'm going to involve myself in the situation. Me it's as like, a ghost, yeah. honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, oh no, <laughs> people are going to die. <laughs> Not only does the spirit get Gordon's exact location, but a message with, according to Bella, leave town, <laughs> run like hell, and whatever you do, don't go after Gordon. I love this spirit. I want to be friends with them. I want to read... I want to read a fic about the spirit, just like 800 word fic of like the spirit showing up, seeing Gordon getting vampirized and being like, oh shit, I wouldn't want to deal with that. <laughs> and then I love how they give them the location anyway. Yeah, it's like immediately being rung up by Bella and it's like, well, this is where it's happening. But listen, it's fucked up over there. Don't go over there. <laughs> yeah. But also, no <laughs> warning, like, he's a vampire now. We should probably, like, be, have a heads up yeah. with that. Just, like, don't go after him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't, don't worry about yeah. it. It's fine. Totally fine. Um, And then they show up, and it's gruesome. Before yeah. they show up, Gordon has to break out. Apparently, like, <laughs> the transcript, <laughs> the transcript editorializes again. It goes, um, after he's, like, ripped out of the ceiling... He's gotten the chains out, and he's, like, unwinding them. The women, also still chained up, but apparently without super strong vampirism like Gordon got. Thank you. It's <laughs> a good point. It's a good point, yeah, transcript. Right. Um, and they've been, like, I like fed this... already. They should yeah. be stronger than he is. Yeah, it's true. Gordon's just so powerful. He's so um, strong. He just possesses like the will. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Uh, I do really like the way this scene is shot and edited. 
yeah, of the really uh, the close-ups on his face, the camera often being like low to the ground, uh, the zoom in on the watch to show like his like new hypersensitivity, like he can see it. It's kind of far away, but he can see it really clearly up into the like little really secondhand tick. Like, yeah, he can hear it. That's like heartbeats yeah. that he's hearing. It's really good. Yeah, like, it's good. It's just what it's like walking into a crowded room when you have autism. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The like street um, similarly, lamp once he gets outside, the street lamp is like loud buzzing, really too bright. Yeah. It's really good. Um, the shot also like this is very melodramatic, but when he is like struggling to not go kill that guy, uh, who's like fixing his car, uh, and the way he stares at his reflection in the a window. Mm -hmm. um is really good because it's like it's a window reflection so it's just like his ghostly face like looking out through black mm -hmm. it's, it's good. good it's a also, good shot cool contacts in. he does he's yes. got red yeah he's got evil vampire red eyes now um the guy he kills in this scene uh is the stunt coordinator for uh the flash and arrow but <laughs> was not the stunt now was it, yeah, but was not the stunt coordinator for Supernatural. This guy, this guy's only thing to do with Supernatural was appearing as this extra. I'm like, where, where did this? So they just, they, they just grabbed a guy off the fucking, yeah, yeah, off the sidewalk in the CW production facility. Yeah, yes. like, hey. yeah, I was like, what other CW show was this guy working on at the time? Does he have was like, hey, can you fix else? this? Um, Maybe that's like his I'll thing. Go he goes around sets like, hey, you guys need an I extra? don't think so um but uh i can check really quickly give me just a second here mm. um while you do that i will note that my final note uh, for gordon killing someone's scene is he was supposed to defeat the vampires not become them it's true <laughs> oh also I um am... while everything is too bright there's like car i don't know headlights or taillights mm -hmm. that like leave a streak and it's like okay so he's got astigmatism now <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I want to know. No, I don't he think... is not. He like he's cameoed in some stuff, but like not. It's not a regular thing. Sorry, go on, Ash. No, it's okay. Um, I didn't see any like windows or doors open on the car. How the fuck did he get in there? Uh, vampires can teleport. It's a little used vampire power, but Gordon's just so powerful and strong that he figured it out immediately. I've seen Castlevania. I know vampires. Yeah, he teleport. turned into bats. <laughs> Um, God, that's a. I think that's a really underutilized vampire power. Like that fucks severely. Just being able to turn into a swarm of bats. Yeah, or rats, as Dracula does. I don't think Dracula actually ever turns into bats. That's a later. That's like a later movie thing. But he does turn into a swarm of rats. What's a, swarm, um, what's a group of bats called? That's a good question. I'm looking at. A colony. I'm I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at this guy's. Colony um, IMDb flock. page, and I don't know if he was working on another CW show at the time. So maybe this was his way in. Guy, and he walked off the Supernatural set and walked into the next it, office and said, "Hi, are you hiring?" I I don't know. He was working on The Guard, which was a TV show about the Canadian Coast Guard that was filmed in Squamish, and it's like, is was he on site for this? And they were like, hey, can you be this car guy? I don't know. I don't know. It's oh, a mystery. If he was just in Hit town, us he up. just auditioned for the extra bit. Maybe, yeah. Who knows? But he's not an actor. He's a stunt guy. No, but like, it's a bit part. He could have just been like, hey, I want to be on TV. Let's try it. 
That's true. Also, he was in, uh, he did stunts in Cabin in the Woods. Uh, he did oh. stunts in Inception, iRobot, Watchmen, The Bourne Legacy. Wow. Shout outs to, shout outs to stunt guys, stunt, mm -hmm. stunt folks, <laughs> stunt doubles, performers, whatever you want to call them. They're, uh, they do good work anyway. Mm -hmm. And they don't get recognized nearly yeah. enough for it. Do stunt people have unions? Oh, yeah. Good, good, good. They, they, they need them. <laughs> Hollywood, most people, most jobs in, like, Hollywood and filming have unions because it's dangerous work, and... Good. Except yeah. for CGI workers, apparently. Yup! Yeah, that's why CGI is so much more popularly yep. done than, uh, than, um, practical like, practical effects. effects, because all the practical effects guys are in unions. Fucking hate capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Unionize. Moving Mo forward. Mo um. Moving forward. I really like that Dixon doesn't have to turn around to see the boys who are trying to be so sneaky. Like, they even use hand signals, yeah. and they're being yeah, totally silent. Yeah, you can't sneak silent, up on a fucking like, vampire. He can hear, he can hear your, your heart, blood, guys. Yeah. It was good. I like that. I love how he's not a single man tearing. He's full-on face crying. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, Dixon's having a rough time. His, uh, his victims have been killed. Uh, the show makes a big deal out of, like, their heads were ripped off. But as uh, the show has shown over and over, it's very easy to decapitate a vampire. I feel like if you become a vampire, it just, your neck is, like, horribly weakened. It's your Achilles heel. I was just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wear... It's like a, like really a weak point in a, in a video game. Yeah. The critical hit point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you Gotta do wear, red. Like, your your damage scarf. numbers are red if you hit them in the neck. Mm -hmm. Makes a really satisfying little noise. <laughs> Stuns them. Anyway, so, yeah, so uh, the vampire says, says the word family. Uh, yeah, goes, oh yeah, you're such a family man. Very sarcastically, Dean, stop being racist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, vampire says you ever felt desperate? Close up of Dean's face. Lost everyone ever loved. I'm staring down eternity alone. Close up on Dean's face. Can you think of a worse hell? And then Dean says, well, there's hell, which drove me nuts. It's, yeah, I have a fucked up emoji I gotta send in I the Discord. I have three frowny faces for those two lines. Incredible. It's, yeah. I was confused in the scene why Sam has a gun. I was like, you have to decapitate a vampire. Why are you walking in with a gun? But then at the end, they like Dean uses um, the cult, and I realized that it was the, yeah. probably the cult he had. So I forget. Uh, I don't think so. I'm looking at it right now. I don't think it's the cult. <laughs> Looks then like I a take regular. It back and I will make fun of him. Well, I think it's like <laughs> to make another gamer reference. In Resident Evil 4, when you shoot the zombies with your gun, it's more to slow them down and weaken them than to kill them. You gotta come up close and get the kill shot. Uh, oh, actually, so it's like, you know, if you Gordon, shoot a. Not the vampire. They were also so going there I for guess Gordon. He was planning to shoot Gordon, which makes more sense yeah. than trying to shoot a vampire to death. Still, though, if you shoot a vampire, like, bullet. A bullet is basically punching someone really, really hard with a small piece of metal. It's like <laughs> shooting the shooting the vampire with a bullet, even though the bullet's not going to kill him, it's still going to knock him back or slow him down. It's still a useful tool to have. Yeah, it just feels like yeah. going in with non-lethal force against an extremely lethal creature feels like a bad idea. But he wasn't going in yeah. for the vampire, so I forgive him. Yeah. All is forgiven. All is forgiven. Uh, this episode is super gruesome. Yeah, it's a uh, grimy episode. Yeah, there's like a lot of like. I mean, so is the next I mean, episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, there's like 
just the be- like the beheadings in this episode are just I don't yes. know, they're just they're rough. They're whack. They're yeah. rough. Yeah. None of them are like I mean besides Lucy's which is off screen which is rough for other reasons but they're all like not clean, you know, they're yeah. all like really gruesome and horrifying. Yeah, just these two bodies, just these two decapitated bodies hanging there yeah. like blood all over them. It's rough. They look really cool. Uh, but it's horrifying. I do not even want to think about what that scene looked like. I'm really glad Ugh. that they like Ugh. didn't film Especially it because yeah. that makes it more them, horrifying. Like, ew. Yeah, awful. Yeah, it's like any any they're they got two very similar actresses for the, mm-hmm. the hanging vampire roles, yeah. um, and so like particular yes he does, um, but particularly like with their heads removed, their bodies are now like basically identical. They're wearing very similar clothes. It's like mm-hmm. it it in death like the the differences between them have been removed, which I don't know mm-hmm. shot wise is interesting. Mm-hmm. It feels like. You know how like Bond girls are either like the evil brunette or the blonde damsel. Yeah. Um, Supernatural does that, but the blonde damsels all die. Yeah. Yeah. All the damsels die. Yes, and they're usually general. blonde. They are. Speaking of blonde, um, the the Jesus on Kubrick's wall has the most luscious golden locks I've ever seen <laughs> from a white Jesus. <laughs> Once yeah, again, we it's... have Gordon teleporting because he somehow managed to get into Kubrick's RV. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's an eerie scene. Kubrick, like, hears a noise and goes and looks at the window, turns around, and Gordon is standing there somehow. Somehow. Like, what's up? Also, Kubrick is wearing a cross necklace. Um, so, mm-hmm. canonically, yeah. crosses have no effects on supernatural vampires. A win for Judaism. Yeah. <laughs> Shoutouts to uh, my boy Peter Watts, whose uh, sci-fi reasoning for why vampires don't like crosses or because vampires don't like right angles. It messes with their <laughs> brains. Great, great, great vampire reason for not liking crosses. It's Me completely too, apropos of nothing, but it's, it's just stuck in my head as a very funny, like, reason for why crosses work. Mm-hmm. That is That's so fucking valid, though. Um... I think it's really, like, silly that a seasoned hunter like Kubrick is just, he just gets absolutely obliterated. And also that he does something as stupid as, like, turns around and, like, grabs a knife. Like, it just seems dumb. Yeah. Not a good move. Mm Mm-mm. And, like, his heartbeat speeds up, which is what clues Gordon in. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like that bit. Um, Rip. So I said in the synopsis that Gordon kills Kubrick, which is true, but more specifically, he just, like, sticks his hand into him and pulls it out. Um, yeah. It's very gory. It's pretty gross. And then Kubrick, mm-hmm. like, dies and in he- his arms, gay as hell. Mm-hmm. Also, like, notably, um, he doesn't, like, drink his blood. He doesn't so even seem true. to want to. Well, that would be... Like, his okay. hand is covered in blood, and he stares at it, but it's like a philosophical stare. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even seem to be, like, tempted. I'm worried. Well, not worried. I'm wondering about the, like, um, mechanics of dead man's blood. If he wasn't dead when you took it out of him, does that count? I think it probably has something to do with the chemical composition, so I think, like, the guy has to be dead. Right, so the, the blood on Gordon's hand right now would be drinkable. Yes. Right. 
it there's probably like a window of from like time of death to like expiration where the blood's no longer drinkable yeah that makes sense because people could potentially die while being drunk from and they don't immediately like recoil hissing and (laughs) also like like it it is a very funny idea you get the the bad flavor in your slushy what kind of fucking slushies are you drinking? <laughs> you don't like slushy flavors? <laughs> what? Okay. I only I drink the finer things. No. <laughs> I, I also do that. Okay, so when you're you get flavors in your slushy you don't like? No, no I've mixed. When you hit a different one, it's unexpected. And if it was suddenly yeah. poison, you'd have a pretty bad reaction to that. <clears throat> it's true. You guys are weird. <laughs> Like, when I get two scoops of ice cream that are different flavors of ice cream, I expect eventually I am going to taste the other flavor of ice cream. You're like, it's not like point. a surprise. My point is that if you were drinking <laughs> okay. his blood and suddenly he died and now it's poison, it would be a disappointment. It would not be a pleasant it's true. drinking Here. experience. <laughs> Here's a... Mm. No, never mind. I was going to make a different metaphor, but it doesn't work. It's better. Emma's is better. See. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, it takes, it would probably take a couple minutes for all of the, like, oxygen or the hemoglobin or That's whatever true. to expire I mean, out of the blood. Whatever happens yeah, to the we, blood to make it poison. The liminal state between whether a, when a blood is a live man's blood and dead man's blood, I don't know if it's something the show would bother no. with exploring. But in my own in my own head, I want to think of it as, like, a biological reason. So it has something to do with mm-hmm. decomposition. But evidently, you can't be too like you don't have to be too dead. Yeah. But, but like back to the point of the scene, though. Like I do think it's interesting. <laughs> I didn't notice, but you're right. It is interesting that Gordon doesn't drink him. Yeah. Uh huh. Like it's, he it's did drink very... that other guy's blood, so it's not that Gordon's like yeah. holding off it's on like drinking. He... Like he he is not drinking his friend, which might be like out of lingering respect for him. Like he does say, "I'm sorry," yeah. and maybe he doesn't want to like desecrate his friend's corpse because he only killed him to stop him from mm-hmm. killing him. Um, that's my theory. Yeah, yeah. No, that definitely tracks. I think it's really interesting. <laughs> I can excuse killing my friend, but I draw the line at drinking his blood. LMAO. Purgatrio um, could never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... It's weird. Like, Gordon's turn here is weird. Like, it's, I get, I yeah. sort of get it of, like... This is the one thing that he's still holding on to, and he needs, like, for himself to turn this into a win. <laughs> he's got to make this into a dub somehow. Uh, yeah. And so he's like, I can use this to get to Sam, but, like, the vampire, like, the bloodthirsty vampireness in him is, like, turning his single mindedness into, like, even further, I suppose, is, like, my. Yeah. Not even reparative reading of my of this like, scene, but like the generous reading. Yeah, there's like this kind of gray space where it's unclear how much Gordon has actually been changed by being turned because mm-hmm. he was already yeah. obsessed with killing Sam and already like extreme black and white morality yeah. of convinced yeah. that everything he's doing is correct. And so now like he's more willing to kill people, but you know, this wasn't self-defense. He did kill that other guy, but oh, you know, um, this is his justification killing people is bad if Um, if but like going after sam is you know supposedly the morally correct thing to do so nothing can stop him from doing that and now he has the ability to do that and he's put another human in danger but also 
Um, but he did turn her, which regular Gordon would never have done. But also, like Ash said, like, how much is this him using his vampirism to excuse doing terrible things? Because now he says he has no choice. Even though we know that vampires do have choices because of, for example, Bloodlust 2-3. Um, like, mm-hmm. vampires still have moral compasses and consciences. Uh, but he's choosing to act in a way that treats himself like he has no moral compass anymore he's just gonna kill Sam he, no matter what he acts in a way that aligns with his perception of vampires because it's yeah. easier to excuse his actions by saying well it's my biology now i can't help it than admitting that there was nuance to his beliefs and that he might have been wrong right also it's like to make a very strange real-world comparison, but, like, people with bioessentialist interpretations of gender will be like, well, it's, you know, it's fine if I uh, dehumanize other women because, like, it's just my, you know, it's my biology, this is Mm. what women do, we are the victims, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of, like, how it felt in my head. Mm-mm. Yeah, like he's going from this hard line of vampires are evil, and now I am a vampire, therefore I must be evil now. And then he can do whatever he wants yeah. because yeah. he's evil now. Yeah, yeah. And if if it's that easy to get rid of your like moral obligations, then clearly they were only like socially enforced to begin with, and you didn't actually yeah. have those beliefs. You just believed it because it was quote unquote the right thing. If we understood the rules of vampirism in the show a little bit better um and if we like if this episode was written by a more thoughtful like writer in this case and if gordon was a better character already like this happening could be really interesting uh as the way of like exploring how like vampirism as a almost um (laughs) exponent or like distillation Mm mm-hmm yeah, distillation or, like, uh, exaggeration of existing traits and beliefs or, like, yeah, uninhibition, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, that could be really interesting. Like, ah, yes, with this we can explore, like, what the character already wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, you need to already have good interiority. A character needs to already be three-dimensional for that to be mm-hmm. interesting, and Gordon is not a three-dimensional character in any way. Yeah, I want to talk no. about a future episode so bad, but I'm holding off. I'm being so brave. Oh. I know exactly. You, I didn't even have to say it. You <laughs> already sent it, and I was in the same brain uh, space yeah. as you. Just you know what? a few more I... seasons till we get to that one. Instead of all the thing, all the words I was clumsily trying to use to make my point, I could have just used, I could have just quoted Dean and said turbocharged. <laughs> turbocharged. Valid. Gordon uh, bracket says, turbocharged. <laughs> he also says, Sam, I don't need you to sign me a permission slip, okay? Which is really cute. Not important mm-hmm. at all. I just like it as a turn of phrase. There's some there's some very uh mid-aughts, or I guess late aughts at this point. Uh Orientalism of I'm sick of your kamikaze mm-hmm. trip. Whoa, whoa, kamikaze? I'm more like a ninja more like a ninja. Which Which makes no is, sense. It makes no sense. Is was kind of funny to me as like, oh yeah, these are like white men in their late twenties in the early two thousands, of course they're talking sorry, in the late two thousands, of course they're talking about ninjas. He wants to yeah. be a ninja so bad. <laughs> yes. 
Um, very cute. Oh yeah, this is the conversation that I promised we would get into. So here we go. Sam says, you're the yeah. guy with nothing to lose now because you're already dead, which is a throwback to what Dixon said about himself. He said he's already dead. Um, Sam's like, that guy was a mirror to you, right? And Dean's like, well... Uh, the, then Sam says the kamikaze line. Dean says deflects. Sam says that's not funny. And Dean says it's a little funny. Um, and Dean's like, what do you want me to do? Write sad poems about how I'm going to die? I got one where it rhymes with shut up, Sam. <laughs> He's trying yeah. so hard. And Dean and Sam Sam calls him on it. And he says, drop the yeah. attitude. Quit turning everything into a punchline. Punch which line. is really good. Finally, someone it's actually notices. Finally, Dean someone says it to, G, to Dean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My poor little meow. The music that plays during the scene is also very good. It's like this sad, um, like, piano song. Mm. Sam says, stop trying to act like you're not afraid. And Dean tries to pretend. And Sam says, you're scared because your year is running out. You're still going to hell and you're freaked. And he says, how do you know that? He says, because I know you. I've been following you around my entire life. I've been looking up to you since I was four, trying to be like you. And this is how you act when you're terrified. And it's so good. Like, they do know each other. They're brothers. Yeah. Finally, we get, like, mm-hmm. good scene. Wish Sarah Gamble was better at other things, and but she is good at this. Yeah, she is good at this. Yep. And Sam mm-hmm. says, it's just, I wish you would drop the show and be my brother again. Because, just because. Yeah. Which is good shit. Which is good, good shit. <laughs> That's the best line. Mm-hmm. Like, like says so much. performance and the distance in their relationship. And the fact that he still can't say, because you're going to die and I'm going to miss you. Whew. But after yeah. that, Dean immediately says, okay, well, hold up. Yeah, it works. It, yeah, works. it works. He actually convinces Dean to he not go be suicidal. And, like, it doesn't it doesn't end up mattering because they have to leave their cool, like, uh, booby trap base now. But, <laughs> but it's still it. cool when they start. I, I, love, I love a cabin defense mission where they're, like burning the stuff to make sure Gordon can't smell them when they're like setting everything up to be like, okay, we'll be ready. It's good. Yeah. One of these days I'll actually get it. One of these days it won't be interrupted. Like it did the book. Like it was the previous time as well in uh, episode one, season three, episode one. Uh, speaking of booby traps, Gordon sets one for Sam with this sliding again. door. <laughs> yeah. Again. Um, Before that when I think this is, before gordon calls maybe like while they're prepping the mm. the hideout um dean is like testing the sharpness of his knife by shaving his arm <laughs> oh i missed yeah. that i missed that i mean not like shaving his arm he's probably just like taking off a few hairs to test it but he is in fact shaving his arm um on the phone call gordon this is, i said this in my synopsis but dean says you're still you don't kill innocent people you're still a hunter and gordon says no i'm a monster and there's a lot in those few lines so you don't kill innocent people you're still a hunter automatically assuming hunters don't kill innocent people yeah. um but also he has mm-hmm. killed an innocent person so even if he is still a hunter he's you know dean is wrong because gordon did kill that guy in his car and then gordon's um refutation with i'm a monster um meaning of course you can't be a hunter and a monster points at sam um and because he is like biologically a monster he is exempt from the sentence you don't kill innocent people don't meaning like can't not even like choose not to um like there's a lot happening here but also compare dean's reaction to um kubrick's reaction where kubrick finds out he's a vampire and immediately he's like all right i gotta kill him um, mm-hmm. because that is the accepted hunter mindset. 
Whereas Zine is still trying to appeal. Yeah. Because he's used yeah. to appealing to Sam, I think. Like, he already has that in with Sam and the idea that, like, you can be a hunter who has some sort of supernatural thing going on and still be a hunter. And Gordon decides, nope, can't do that. I'm not the exception here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Also, I think Gordon calls Sam the Antichrist in this scene, um, which is interesting considering the fact that he looked like at Kubrick like he was crazy when um, Kubrick said the same thing. He does not. He said it to Bella Doesn't at the start do. of this episode. That might be what you're Oh, about. well, that must have been me remembering. <laughs> yeah, Kubrick, I guess, off-screen convinced him that that was the case, which is... Yeah. Weird, I guess, considering the way we talked about how that previous episode with Kubrick and Creedy bookended the thing of Gordon being like, ah, you're the crazy one now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting for sure. The Gordon yeah. has become Catholic. <laughs> also, Dean calls him Gordo, which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> it is very funny. Um, Yeah, anyway, we get this whole showdown scene. Um, There's kind of a plot hole here in that the um girl who's tied up uh who dean rescues and gordon turned into a vampire is like able to act completely normally as if she's like going along with this plan even though that is not the response that we've ever seen from a new vampire being turned mm -hmm. generally they're not like... capable of hiding themselves in that way well mm -hmm. she, it's it's obviously pulling like from Lucy like did. zombie movies yeah, but, like, if you look back to how Lucy was acting, right, she was crying like a normal person, and then, like, she still attacks people. So, um, presumably, it kind of, like, comes and goes of, like, the waves of bloodlust. I guess. I'm, I'm excusing this. It is lazy writing. Um, I think it, like, there is a reading that makes sense, but you have to reach for it. I guess that's, that's fair. Valid. Also, the timing is incredibly convenient. <laughs> yes, it is to, like, so time convenient. to their conversation. Yes. Um, speaking of things that are kind of dumb, while Sam is fighting in the dark, every time he, like, swings his giant knife, it makes, like, a Roblox sword noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a whoosh, swoosh. Yeah. Very loud I mean, sword it's... noise every time he swipes his knife. It's dumb, but it's also, like, you need to do that sort of thing in, like, yeah, if you're, like, TV fully. It. Like, it, it needs to be clear that to the audience that, like, a sword is being swung because it's so dark, et cetera, et cetera. But it is silly. It is a silly noise. It's fun. Mm -hmm. The, speaking of funny, the, like, weird close-ups on Gordon's mouth are very strange. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what to make of them or how to analyze them, like, cinematographically, but... I think uh, it was an interesting like, the choice. Point might be that like we can only hear Gordon, we can't actually see him. So you can yes, we see his mouth so that we know that he's talking, and it would be boring to just look at Sam and a dark warehouse the whole time. So like it cuts to Gordon, but we can't see Gordon, so we see his mouth. I don't know if it works. That's my take. Yes, and then it, but it also moves and shows his whole face, which they could have just showed his whole face. I don't know. It's just like I don't know if I want to look at like a person's mouth taking up the entirety of my screen at any point when yeah. I'm watching something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very well, also uh, a vampire's mouth is like the most vampiric part. Of ah, that's true. So, like the emphasis, mm -hmm. they could have Although, shown his cool eyes. He doesn't... he doesn't even have his teeth out. So yeah, I was gonna say he doesn't have his teeth out. Uh, also, Dean uses the cult on that vampire woman, which yeah. mm -hmm. surprised me. It's like, man, you only got four bullets left now, presumably. Well, they have a way of making more, so he doesn't need to count anymore. That's true. Mm -hmm. I guess that's true. Yeah, they can, yeah. 
They powered up in that way. Renewable resources of cult bullets. Um, Sam and Gordon talk. I already said that Gordon and Phil in monologues, but he says, like, I lost everything, my life, but it's worth it because I'm going to kill the most dangerous thing I ever hunted. You're not human. Um, and Sam goes, look who's talking. And Gordon says, you're right, I'm a bloodthirsty killer. Um, so Sam says, don't talk about it like you don't have a choice. And he says, I don't. And that's when um, Gordon reveals that he turned that woman. So Sam is still trying to, like, reason with him and say, like, take responsibility for your actions, dude. Gordon's like, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't think I will. Heart emoji. (laughs) Uh, He also says that turning her is worse than killing her. Specifically, much, much worse. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I think he also said back when we found out about his sister, which was probably in Bloodlust. Um, Yeah. God, it's so fucked mm-hmm. up that he did to this. He did to this woman what was done to his sister. Yeah, yeah. See, he's completely gone, and now, therefore, the boys are allowed to kill him in the like most gruesome way possible. It's so oh yeah, it's so gross. Um, it's rough. Dean, mm-hmm. Dean did get bitten by Gordon before he got decapitated. Yes. Um, it's uncomfortable to say the least. Yeah, it's like. Well, we've talked about how vampires are, like, pseudo-sexual, and so this is also mm-hmm. assault. It's bad. Yeah. Um, but also, like, a little bit of a break from the heterosexuality of vampires. Um, like, in the start of this episode... <laughs> Diversity wins. Exactly. Like, Lucy keeps uh, attacking men, right? And, like, the Dixon keeps turning women. Like, they, there is, like, extremely gender-divided stuff going on Mm. with vampires where they generally target the opposite gender because it's so sexually charged but gordon goes after dean female coded dean Mm -hmm. this is a joke don't cancel me (laughs) (laughs) um queer coded of dean though i can say that reclaiming the why are you as a man being sucked by a man fellas (laughs) is it gay is it gay to be turned into a vampire by a man well it wouldn't turn him he would have to take gordon's blood Yes, I know. I'm just making a joke. Yeah, it is, though. It is very gay. <laughs> when Gordon, like, gets off of Dean, or rather, like, okay, so Sam Sam attacks him and does his thing, uh, and meanwhile, Dean is, like, I guess, recovering against the wall, and, like, staggers to his feet, and does this little, like, kick where he has to, like, swing his whole leg around. It's It was cute. I, it was a very abrupt tone change from Sam brutally murdering someone. Um, but I did like his little kick. And it is Gordon attacking Dean that drives Sam to go after him, even though he doesn't have his machete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Sam has promised to take care of Dean this season. And that's the episode, basically, except for this last the car denouement scene. scene. Yeah, it is. I'm like, I'm sitting here being <sighs> Before like. Before we get to the car, <laughs> like, it's such, like, I don't think any of us, like, know what to say because we don't want to describe it because yeah. it's so graphic. But it is such a brutal way to kill a character it is so hateful it's mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like again this could be really good if it was written more thoughtfully like it's brutal in a way that could be sad of like look what this is, is look what this has come to like in terms of like the viscerality of this fight scene and how desperate it is um mm-hmm. but yeah it mostly ends up being like oh yeah gordon's dealt with <laughs> yeah it's really and, like, uncomfortable the, yeah I do like how, like, beat to shit Sam and Dean are, like, after 
Yeah. This happens is like Dean's yeah. with his fucked up neck, Sam, like blood going down his nose. And the two of them just kind of like looking at each other and then looking at Gordon's body. It's mm -hmm. gross. It's like, whew. Very gorgeous. We sure went through the shit. Yeah. Also, that is uh, two for two of um, black men that Sam has viciously killed. It's true. Yep. It's true. Yep. Thanks, Sarah Gamble. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Actually, um, Kripke <laughs> killed Jake. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Kripke did kill Jake. Supernatural sure is a racist show. <laughs> so the finale scene. Um, yeah. The finale scene. The final scene. <laughs> My brain shut down. Um, <laughs> the denouement. Another thing to cancel Sam for littering. He flicked that beer can into the grass. Oh, the, he does the do beer, that. Um, cap. I'm in. He like opens it and flicks the cap off into God knows where and passes the bottle back to Dean. Like Sam, pick that up. Sam, that's good metals. That'll be worth a lot in 200 years after the bombs fall. Thank you. Um, um so then, I like the scene a lot. I like how really great it is. It's a really good scene and a really it's, bad episode. Yeah. Yes. I like the makeup continuity. Their faces are still both jacked up. Sam's got like a mm -hmm. bruise on his jaw and Dean's got the bite marks on his neck. Um it's got a song playing on the radio and it's just like it's so sad and sweet that Dean's like, "Yeah, I'm going to teach you how to take care of this car cuz I'm going to die soon and someone's got to take care of it." But also it's like brother bonding moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, Dean and the way the way very good. It's so cute. He's yeah, yeah. He's proud um, of him. He says that's my job, right? Dean... Show my little brother the ropes. Yeah. <sighs> um, Dean Socratic methods him <laughs> is like now. What's that? Tell me what that is. And like lets him answer and. Like the way, like when when Sam ma manages to be like, oh yeah, it's a carburetor. This is a smile on his face. Yeah, he says very yeah. good. It's 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 a good scene. Mhm. Mm yeah, I cry. I don't know if there's too much more to say other than that. It's just yeah, it's just good. Mhm. Mm He's dying, guys. <sighs> it was a. Uh, it was it was good. Um. I guess good structural writing to put this scene at the end. Like, it's a nice way to, like, ease the audience out of all the shit that just happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, also, um, this is episode 7 out of 16, um, so we're basically midway. So this is a nice yeah. little, like, reminder of the season's stakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so anything else broadly we want to talk about with Gordon now that he's done and, like, we never have to talk about him again? <laughs> I... He could have been, like, such a cool character to explore, yeah. and yet... And yet. Yeah, right before this call, I was watching This Is Us With My Mom, and um, Sterling K. Brown is in that, too. And, I was, and he took mm -hmm. off his glasses for something, and I was like, oh my god, it's Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. He's such a good actor, and he was much too good He's for He's a really good show. actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He played this role. Actually, you know what? This is what I'll say. It's continue to be on our on our soapbox of uh, Gord's a bad character. Sterling K. Brown's a great actor. He acted yes. this role like immaculately to the very end. Yeah. Like yes. everything. All my compliments about this episode are how well Sterling K. Brown played Gordon's transformation into a vampire. He leans into the like genre tropes really well in a way that 
like is still effective because we like know this character and for me anyway i don't know how the audience is supposed to take this but for me as a person who like wants gordon to be a good character and is like interested in him um despite everything uh is is going like oh i feel so bad for you buddy like this you're this is this is tough shit that you're having to deal with um mm -hmm. and a large part of that is due to uh sterling k brown's very good performance yeah rest in peace gordon rest in peace <laughs> Rip in pieces. <laughs> no, he's literally in pieces. Where's your soul go if you're a vampire? <laughs> Would you like to know, other boy? That's that's why <laughs> that's why I said that is because I knew that's how the two of you would react. <laughs> uh, okay. According to the lore. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, Gordon, rest in peace. A, a poorly written and generally racistly depicted character to the end. Mm -hmm. This is a bad episode. I don't like this episode. <laughs> Except for a few shining moments. Do we have yes. artifacts um, for this episode? Yes, we Besides do. I gave sorry. both of them. <laughs> but uh, to, to go over them just again. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, Mercedes McNabb um, plays Harmony from Buffy, plays uh, Lucy at the start of this episode. Um, is Harmony a vampire in yes, Buffy? Yes, Harmony, Harmony is one of Cordelia's friends uh, in season one of Buffy and gets turned into a vampire, becomes like a minor villain. Uh, is Spike's, Cordelia is such a vampire. Is, is Spike's uh, girlfriend a for a while? I mean, as far as I know. Yeah, Cordelia is not a vampire. <laughs> no, Cordelia fuck, never Josh? gets turned into a vampire. Yeah. What yes. the fuck, Joss? That's <laughs> such a wasted opportunity. Uh, Cordelia is not a wasted opportunity. Cordelia gets to do some fun shit. I like Cordelia as a character. She Again, I, I, she should be a okay. vampire. Again, whenever I talk about Buffy, <laughs> it's like this is a show I really liked as a teenager that I still have a lot of like good feelings about. Fuck Joss Whedon. Just to Literally be clear. To be clear. Yeah. This this is a Joss Whedon hate zone. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, anyway. Yeah, with with Spike's girlfriend for a while. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Um uh, I'm just gonna talk through my dogs barking so we can get to the break and I can bark, go bark, shut them bark, up. Ah, uh, yeah, like I said, also the the stunt coordinator uh, that Gordon kills. I I still I it's a mystery. Uh, what um, like why he was here. Uh, but his name is John Kralt. Just John Kralt, if you're listening to this, yeah, hit us up. We want to hear. We want to hear how you came to be this extra on Supernatural. Yeah, um, literally just tweet us. <laughs> I love the implication that John Kral regularly listens to this podcast and would hear this you at the at midway through our twenty yeah, third episode. Or maybe somewhat one of our Twitter followers will That's be true. braver than us and at him be like, "Hey." Also, sometimes he's credited as John Crate, which I don't understand. Was that a, just a spelling error? Did someone be like, "Oh, is that an L or an I?" No um, idea. Anyway, it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> After the break, after I get my dogs to shut up, uh, we will talk about uh, episode eight, uh, Very Supernatural Christmas. Uh, tune in for that. Yeehaw. Um... 
Okay, so this episode opens on a nice little Christmas living room. The 12 Days of Christmas is playing in the background, and turns out we're in the Seattle, a place geographically near Vancouver at last. <laughs> oh, can I interrupt you? I forgot the doorbell to say rings. where Fresh Blood takes place, um, but now I immediately forgot where it is, actually. It's a city. I don't know where. I it's feel fine. like it's Albany, but I might have made that up. Um, yeah, Fresh Blood was in Albany. New York. Jeremy Carver wrote Very Supernatural Christmas. Jeremy Carver. Um, the doorbell rings and a young kid goes to open the door. It's his grandpa. They hug and they start talking about Christmas. It's, you know, fairly standard Santa talk. Uh, then we skip to later that night. The grandpa is dressed up as Santa. He's putting presents under the tree. He rings the jingle bell and the kid, whose name is Stevie, comes down to watch. Then there's stumps on the roof which Stevie mistakes for reindeer. And then something comes down the chimney, grabs the grandpa, and drags him back up the chimney with many bone-crunching noises. And we get a special seasonal title card. Um, it's very, very festive. And now we are in Michigan, and the woman is talking to Dean and Sam, who are posing to, as the FBI. The woman's husband disappeared while he was decorating the tree in the same manner as we just saw. Sam found a tooth in the chimney, so they theorize that the dad exited that way uh which isn't really possible because he wouldn't fit up in one piece at least which would explain the bone crunching noises um then they realize that there was another kidnapping that also happened just after a thump on the roof in this same city so we found the connection dean asks sam if he has any idea what's going on sam says it's pretty crazy and dean doubts if it's really that crazy but sam then says well it's evil santa and then we get a big ex exposition dump full of inaccuracies, and we find out that we're dealing with evil Santa. Okay. Um, so they go to what I assume is a tree farm slash Santa meet and greet slash North Pole Wonderland? I don't know exactly. Um, we don't have these in my city. <laughs> we just have the Santa at the mall. Um, we find out that Sam does not in fact like Christmas because his memories of Christmas are pretty shitty, which is understood is understandable. Huge mood. I mean, you're so valid. <laughs> um, John was never around, and also it was there was it was Christmas once. It was Christmas at the time when Sam found out the truth about John being a hunter. Uh, so we get lots of flashbacks in this episode. Um, in this first one, Sam is wrapping a present for John that Bobby gave him. He's wrapping it in like newspaper. It's so cute. Um, Sam and Dean stake out the rest of the tree farm thingy, and they say that Auntie Claus walks with a limp and smells like sweets. Um, so the creepy Santa they have there, you know, talking to the kids, does in fact walk with a limp, and he smells like some kind of sweet booze, I think? I don't know what they say, and I didn't Google it at the time, but... So they go and stake out Santa's mobile home, and they hear a woman scream inside, so they bust in and find Santa loading a bong and watching porn. Christmas themed porn. It's weird. This guy is really Jingle into the my bit. Bell. Yes. <sighs> it's hmm. Um so Sam and Dean cover by singing Silent Night so they can escape. Santa is fucking out. Okay, out this of scene it. was really good though. <laughs> this part of the scene it was really, really good. good. <laughs> it is a really funny scene. Um so next we go to another house there's a thump on the roof and the little kid goes down to see santa telling him that he's a little early because it's not christmas yet uh this big scary guy dressed in like a fucked up christmas uh fucked up santa outfit comes in goes upstairs knocks the mom out drags the dad down in a bag uh he hits him in the head and carries him up the chimney it's 
We'll talk about this scene. Also, mm -hmm. we never to to be clear, we never see what the guy looks like. We just see like yeah. from the corners, we see like a scary hand and a foot. Yeah, like yeah. it's person shaped. Yeah, we as see all like the monsters yeah. are. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um. So the next day, Sam and Dean are posing as FBI agents again and are interrogating the mom. As they leave, Sam notices that there were wreaths in both houses made of meadow sweet, which were apparently used in pagan human sacrifice. Nope. <laughs> no. There's, as usual, there's a lot of things <laughs> that are not correct in this episode. Um, so they figure they're dealing with the god of the winter solstice, and now they just have to find out who's making the wreaths. So they go to the guy who's been selling them. It's a, there's a lot in this scene. We will talk about it. Um, turns out that the wreaths were made by a local lady, um, but all the ones she made for the season are already sold out. And so we get another flashback to their childhood. Dean went out to get food after he and Sam had a fight. Uh, turns out Sam has found John's book and read it, so now he knows the truth. He asks Dean about it, and Dean explains. Sam gets really, really upset and anxious, which is pretty understandable, I think. So he just goes to sleep after Dean promises that John will be there for Christmas. Um, back in the present, uh, Dean and Sam find out where this Madge lady lives and go to ask her about her wreaths. She and her husband are total Brady Bunch, plastic on the couch they're so good they're extremely they're, he smokes a pipe it's really cute it's, like, it's so very well funny uh-huh no it's great and i love they're it over the top. um so sam and yes so sam and dean come to the conclusion that this couple are like keeping a pagan god in their house uh so they sneak into the house at night go down to the basement and find a bunch of guts and bits and a bloody santa it's outfit. great it's like um mm -hmm. it's like a gmod basement <laughs> It's like the bits of skeleton. I don't know. I just like that's what immediately came to mind. It reminds me of the bits of bone in the in like the source engine that it has. You're like so you're playing Half Life and you go in. And it's like oh, a scientist got eaten here, and it's just like little bits of bloody bone all over the floor. Yeah, it's like an episode of Viscera cleanup. Page. Yeah, it's an ep episode a level. <laughs> anyway, um. So the the couple shows up and they beat the brothers' asses. They have like supernatural strength. Um, we find out that they are in fact the scary gods. So they knock the brothers out, and when we find them next, they've been tied to chairs in the kitchen. Back to back. Uh, the couple starts doing, yeah, back to back. Um, they start doing a ritual so that they can eat the brothers, and it's just kind of a big old torture scene. It's rough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very gory. Um, then there's a knock at the door, and one of the neighbors has come to give them a fruitcake. Uh, they, they, you know, talk to her for a bit, and then when she leaves, they go back to the kitchen, and Sam and Dean are gone. Uh, Sam and Dean shut the doors to the kitchen, and they have to find some evergreen steaks so that they can kill the couple, um, but the ones they brought were in the basement. However, they take the Christmas tree and break off a few branches, and they use those. So they kill the gods, and it's all okay, except there's six minutes left in the episode. We get another flashback where Sam wakes up and Dean tells him that Dad was there uh, and brought a tree and presents. There's a small tree and a few... Uh, it's, like, leaning up against the couch. It's really cute. Um, and Dean, like... You know that meme where <laughs> it's that picture of the little, the little boy with, like, the cup in his hand, like, curled up, and it's, like, when your mom... When it's Christmas and your mom's waiting for you to open your present? That's yes. exactly what Dean does. Yes. It's adorable. Yes. Um... So, it's a few toys for a young girl, and Sam realizes that John was in fact never there, and that Dean stole these gifts from a house up the street, didn't know that they were presents for a girl. 
which usually presents have name tags on them. Yeah. So maybe this only girl one. had like a very unisex name. I feel like you don't need to. Yeah, but how do you? But you still have to differentiate. You still have to differentiate them between the presents for the mom and dad. Yeah, no, and the, the ones, ones from Santa from and the ones from mom and dad. I. I'm not qualified Emma, to speak Emma, I think that. you are the last person. <laughs> I feel like the kid would probably say from mom and from dad, but the other one, like to mom and to dad, but the kid presents would just say from Santa. <laughs> well, the there would be the the presents to the kid from Santa yeah, and the presents, presents to the kid from, from the, the parents, parents, and then the presents from the parents to one another. But you know and they probably all have the same wrapping which, paper. Oh, okay. If they all have the same wrapping paper. Because you put name tags put on, name them tags on them. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to say they didn't necessarily have the child's name on the presents that he stole. Anyway, I'm just I'm, I'm just going to say, I think the more reasonable explanation for this here is that this girl had like a unisex name. Yeah. Or a name that could yeah. be mistaken for a boy's name. Yes. Um. So Sam is like really touched. Uh, and also simultaneously really mad at John. Um, so Dean, or he gives Dean the gift that was, he was going to give to John um, because John lied and doesn't deserve it. And it's the Samulet that Dean wears everywhere. Samulet is the kind of colloquial name that the fandom it's portmanteau. Uh, gave it. It's a portmanteau, yes. yes. Um, and I didn't mention this in the rest of the so uh, synopsis. It's it's so he sweet. Makes me uh, He's so <sighs> The last, like, seven minutes of this episode make me want to cry. Um, yeah. I didn't mention this earlier in the synopsis, but Dean has been bugging Sam that he actually wants to do a Christmas this year, yeah. and Sam is like, no! <laughs> um, and eventually Sam tells Dean that it, like, it will be hard to, like, have a Christmas when he knows that next Christmas Dean will be dead. Um, so now we finally get that payoff, um... Dean comes in and Sam's put together the shittiest little Christmas tree yep. and they've like got some gas bucket. station Christmas. Yes. And there's there's car scents. Car freshener fresheners. Well, yeah. And like, like tree fishing kind or like hanging off yeah. the tree branches. And the like fishing fishing balls are ornaments. It's so cute. Dollar store, Merry Christmas yeah. decorations. It's really eggnog. cute. It's also really depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's so depressing. Um, they get each other, they got each other some like shitty gas station yeah, we'll talk about Christmas that presents and they're both like super touched. It's <sighs> we, we will One talk about this scene in more detail. One Supernatural can have one. I have like uh, Christmas. No, no. A Television in general can have one Christmas. That... <laughs> <laughs> Only one Christmas special. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So Merry Christmas, I guess. <laughs> Even though it's January. Yeah. It's I think it'll be February. Yeah. And who yeah. knows when you're Happy Valentine's Day. So maybe it is Christmas. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you mm. saved this one for Christmas. <laughs> uh. Okay. Um, yeah. Top of the top of the episode. Yeah. This poor old man. I'm not immune to to happy old men getting killed. It makes me very sad. Yeah. Um, also, kids getting deeply traumatized. Yes. Also, yes. yes. Um. There is no recap this episode. None at all. Yeah. There's Instead, not. It oh just my god. You're right. Open with like a giant word special. Um, it's it's good. It is fun. I like it. It makes you think that it's, like, gonna be... I, I think part of why um, I like this episode also is it's 
it's irreverence the wrong word, but it leans into the bit of like, ah, mm-hmm. this is what TV shows do when they're doing a Christmas episode. It makes you think that it's going to be like a happy, nice episode. And then, of course, in the cold open, nice old grandpa gets horribly killed. Smash cut to the opening, which, again, has its own opening. A very supernatural Christmas. There's like mm-hmm. a the, there's like a Christmas orb. A, there's a ornament. What are they called? An ornament. Ornament? A, thank you. There's a Christmas ornament. Like the, I mean, or, an ornament can be anything. I mean, particularly the orbs. Yeah, it's just um, called a Christmas ornament a by ball. default. Okay. Well, it explodes. A ball. It explodes into the title in the way that the title previously explodes onto the screen. It's it's fun. It's 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 a cute little. Yeah, it is cutesy. It's very Christmassy music sequence. throughout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's adorable that Santa Grandpa like deliberately jingle some bells so that stevie will come down and see it's It's, so cute it's Mm -hmm. all it's all so cute and so sad when he died yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this episode is also very like bright and pretty we've called out on previous occasions when the show is no longer like desaturated and this one is one of the ones where they are allowed to have pinkness yep Mm -hmm. it's very bright it's very pretty it's very cheerful it's very upbeat people are getting murdered the boys are miserable everything's great (laughs) Yep. Um, yeah, they investigate this house. Um, let's see. What's my? Where's my first note here? My first note is that Dean has never seen Mary Poppins. <gasps> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That is also, also is my Mary first Poppins note. Dean doesn't know Dean. who Dick Van Dyke is. He doesn't know who Dick Van Dyke is, but also like that's an actor name. So even though it's out of character for Dean not to know an actor, he doesn't even know who Mary he Poppins doesn't know is. What Mary like, Poppins the name is. It doesn't all. make any sense. <sighs> Like I guess it's I guess it's Disney and for kids, so yeah. maybe it's too gay for him. But <laughs> it's also British. Yeah, that's like the only explanation I can think. But also, like it's he doesn't know early. who Dick Van Dyke is. He knows everything about movies. Maybe maybe uh, having a name like Dick is too gay, <laughs> even if it's followed by Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I feel like Dean would know about the Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, it's I, it's you know, not like think. this bit doesn't work. I think all three of us were like, no. "What? Zine doesn't know a movie thing," which means yeah. it didn't work. Yeah, like they didn't even need Agreed. to call attention to it. They don't need to like try to reverse it and like Dean makes a reference and Sam doesn't get it. Like, just don't question it. You could have just said Dick Van Dyke and left the Mary Poppins reference unsaid because we all get it. Move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like four lines they could have cut. It's true. Sorry, Jeremy Carver. It's true. It's I'm not even a good. Episode. It's not even a good Dick Van Dyke reference. No. Uh, then Sam does his lore dump. <laughs> uh, he, he and it's all wrong. Okay. Says, all right. Okay. Said, yeah, I'm gonna talk about this right now. These, I know we haven't had one of these in a while. <laughs> he says there's some version of the anti clause in every culture. Every like culture. What is that? No. What does that mean? Every culture, most cultures don't have a Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. it's a European. Mm. Show's gonna drive culture, me insane. Every single um, one. And then he specifically says, "Okay, he says Belsnickel, he says Krampus, which that's fair and true. And he says Black Peter, um, which uh, for those who don't know, uh, Black Peter, aka Zwart Pete, is the blackface one. Mm. Oh great! But specifically, Zwart Pete." is not an anti-Santa. Zwart Pete is, like, gives candy to children and, like, does silly dances and stuff like that. Like, he's not 
a villainous or like bad figure in that like festival culture. Um, so it doesn't. That's not. Did they? You did they say it? <laughs> did they say it because Black Pete sounds like a scary thing? Black Peter. I don't know. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know if I even want to. It's know. bad. It's it's. Ugh. Anyway, uh, it's yeah. Hmm. It's very funny too because both of those because both Belsnickel and um oh, I guess not Zwart Pete. Zwart Pete is um Scandinavian, uh Amsterdam, Dutch. It's yeah, I guess Dutch. Um but there's still like a lot of um uh crossover between these general like other figures alongside Saint Nicholas. Um and the one that like is actually the um anti Santa, which is later where the um where the walk with a limp comes from, uh is servant Ruprecht, uh who uh y'all might know from the office. Um Dwight dresses up as servant Ruprecht in an episode of the office. Uh that's that's how where I learned about that. Um but uh yeah, it's like you could have said servant Ruprecht who you reference later with the limp thing. I don't know about the smells of candy thing, I feel like any one of these guys would smell of candy considering they carry around candy to give to children. But uh, mm -hmm. anyway, all this. All also, it's kind of hard to smell like candy unless you're like rolling in the syrup. I guess that's true. I mean, classically. Like, even the candy stores I go to does not smell right. like candy. Yes, but you need to remember that these are like if old. You're, like, this is the old. the candy, it's not already yes. like plastic wrapped. That well, and this, is, this comes from, this comes from pre-plastic wrap. Yeah. They would be handing out like freshly made candy that would smell with because the pocket it's not... lint on them and everything. It sounds well, fucking presumably awful. Presumably, it'd be wrapped in wax paper or something. <laughs> Why you're so tired of me? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> okay, just the exhaustion. <laughs> Santa's brother, Dingo. Santa doesn't have it's... a brother. There is no Santa. Uh huh. Sam says, yeah, I know, you told me that. <laughs> which is good. Which we actually get to see yeah. in this episode, in which is really good. Back. Also, is is it this scene where Sam talks about how Christmas is an appropriation of... Uh, uh, no, that's a little later on. That's later? Okay. Because the, the comment Dean makes is just insane. Yeah, it, it truly is. We'll talk... Yeah, it... Yep. Yeah, we'll talk about that. <sighs> mm -hmm. uh anyway we get this hilariously decrepit uh santa village the signs all like the the paints all chipped along the sign uh there's this horrible reindeer like plastic reindeer statue uh that mm -hmm. is it sam or dean that has a staring contest with i think it's sam, sam. i think it's sam and he dissociates <laughs> and has a flashback <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's the it's the reindeer that sends him down flashback. It's like it's flashback. like the worst royalty free Christmas music. Yeah, the reindeer's cross eyed. It's, it's yeah. There's it's really cursed. They're watching the Bankin and Rass uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer um, special on TV. Um, mm -hmm. Right before the flashback, though, uh, Dean is like, "We had some great Christmases," and Sam goes, "Whose childhood are you talking about?" Yeah, bonk. Mm. Love, love whenever they have, like, despite having the same childhood, they have very separate views of they what their childhood. They have different experiences uh, of the same experiences. Yeah, yes. And then Sam is giving, John is wrapping his present for John. And he's like, yeah, right, where'd you get the money? Steal it? 
telling. And then uh, Sam's like, no, Uncle Bobby gave it to me to give to him. Said it was real special. <laughs> Uncle Bobby. Uncle Bobby. Uncle yeah. Bobby. Pleading emoji. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I up until this point, like, it was, it was, I guess uh, that's not true, because you two referenced um, John potentially, like, leaving them uh, to stay at Bobby's when they were really little, but I guess, like, mm -hmm. I still had never fully incorporated in my head that, like, yeah, they've known Bobby since they were very little, yeah, and it's just like, oh, they're, they're- Currently in the flashback, Sam is about eight, and Zeman's almost 13. Yeah, it's 91. it's Christmas. Um, He's a January birthday. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, uh, where was I? Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I liked, it made me feel emotions. Um, mm -hmm. shout outs to these child actors. We've seen them before. They've always played Sam and Dean in the flashbacks, but we haven't gotten that many flashbacks and they've generally been shorter than the extent to which this show like delves into flashback and these kids do a really good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this first flashback, Dean tells Sam that John is just, you know, on business. He sells stuff. And Sam goes, nobody ever tells me anything. And Dean goes, then quit asking. Yeah. Ooh, Sam wants to be in on the Sam... secrets. And Dean is like, you are better off not knowing the scary secrets. Sam asks mm -hmm. if John is a spy. And Dean goes, mm-hmm, he's James Bond. Sam says, why do we move around so much? Dean says, because everywhere we go, they get sick of your face. <laughs> they're so little mm -hmm. and cute and babies. <laughs> and they're all by themselves. Yeah. And then Sam mentions Mary and Dean, like, leaves the room. Like, where it's so sad. Sam's like, where are you going? Dean goes out and just leaves him alone. It's, mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's... Which you'd think Dean would it's... have known at this point not to do that because he got in so much trouble last time. Mm-hmm. This is, this episode is some of the most, like, anti-John that this show yeah. has been up until this point, I think. Mm -hmm. It's like, Jeremy truly these kids had a nightmare childhood. Yeah, this is actually the Jeremy episode, Carver said, "Fuck John Winchester." Particular flashback, but at some point when the kids are sitting on the couch in the flashback, um, that screenshot was used in um, a post spoofing the the parent who left their kids to be watched by Facebook Live. Um, oh, and so it was just like a bunch of comments from different <laughs> um, characters where it was like. Um, SSL goes, bite him, Sammy. <laughs> and like, <laughs> uh, Missouri's like, keep your feet off that table or something. I think that's what she said in canon, so I don't remember what she said. Um, uh -huh. mm -hmm. But I'll try to find it, of course, but it was very funny. <laughs> that's good. Um, It's interesting that Bobby gave this amulet. To Sam, I'm like now even more curious. Like, what is this amulet? As Bobby said, it was special. It was for John. What is it? Smiley yeah. face. We sure learned some up. more, but not a lot more. Did mm -hmm. um, did y'all catch the magazine? Oh, it's Hot Rods. Dean's reading. Dean's mm -hmm. reading a Hot Rod magazine. Yeah, I did catch that. <laughs> it's cute. He's so it's cute. Very cute. His sneakers are all beat up. Good costuming for the kids, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Also, um, Dean getting mad when Sam brings up mom is uh, very yeah. reminiscent of back in the pilot uh, when <laughs> Sam's like, mom's dead and she's never coming back. And mm -hmm. Dean like slammed him up against the bridge. Yeah. Still in that little. Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, the colors are also like more washed out in the scene, which like, you know, it's flashback. Flashbacks do that. But still, um, 
I like how like gray and drab and shitty this like place they're staying in is particularly in comparison to the green uh like the lush green of the um uh santa park thing in the present time mm-hmm. although dean complains about that he's like you'd think santa could scrounge up some snow yes yeah there's no snow which is plot relevant <laughs> yep mm-hmm. anything else in the flashback Nope. i've moved back to the village nope. and to the really gross scene the santa yeah where they're yeah on the this is real low-hanging fruit trying to figure out if he's a monster and someone who works in the village is like oh can i escort your child to santa which i think is implying to yes like that they're yes. being read as a couple once again um yes and dean goes no Bob, my down. brother here you know, Dean's to. doing that thing where he's throwing Sam out of the bus to embarrass him again. Yeah, and she's mm-hmm. like, "No kids over twelve And he goes, "No, he's just kidding. We only came here to watch because he is so fucking stupid." She goes, "Yeah, it's just extremely socially awkward." It's gross. Mm-hmm. It was a really dumb thing to say because that's gross. Well, also speaking of gross, before that, the the Santa is framed very like uh, creepily. The the, the yeah. implication is that he's a pedophile. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not great. It's real low hanging fruit here. Like, haha, isn't it funny that they're being creepy about kids? Didn't like that. Um, I've been trying to read the signage because uh, it's very it's distant and hard to see. But like, I'm fairly sure in big letters and chalk, uh, it says um, it says rules. It says no crying in all caps. <laughs> Uh, underneath it says three men, which presumably only three three minutes maximum with Santa, and then it's like something about one kid at a time. Also, there's a little like um like a little wooden box on the side of the post that says tips for Santa's reindeer. <laughs> Excellent set dressing. Thank you for calling it out. It's yeah, it's good. It's good set dressing. Mm-hmm. Um. So then on their stakeout, they have a little chat about. Sam still not wanting to do Christmas. Dean's still wanting to do it right this year. Uh, and Sam's like, do it yourself. And Dean goes, oh yeah, that'd be great. Me and myself making cranberry molds. He's so lonely. Yeah. He he Literally. just wants to make food for his family in his little kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, it is very funny that they pose as carolers and clearly don't know the words. It's... Jewish Winchesters <laughs> yeah, took, the... took an L in this episode, mm-hmm. but this is a win. <laughs> It's it's so good. It's it's so good. The way uh the very drunk Santa starts laughing and like then singing along and also getting the words. And wrong. then the yes, yeah, mm-hmm. they yeah, what's the does the transcript? Yeah, he said all his drawings the... and was like bright. Uh round Yeah, round around the table. Um also I need to I need to highlight what the what the woman on the TV says because it's oh so God. much. It's, Do you? None of it even makes any sense. Yes, I have to. I have to because I need to specifically <laughs> highlight egg my knock, which is. I love how she says missile my toes. Which yeah, missile my toe, roast my chestnut. Jingle my bells. Uh, egg my knock killed me. <laughs> And Sam does this little shrug in response. I love how Santa's fucking drunk. He's got this huge bong. Yeah, it's yeah. really big. It's bigger than He's Andy's. He's got it on the floor. 
It's like a didgeridoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like one of those um, rain um, And then there's a good uh, like cut joke here where it cuts to a house where Silent Night is playing on like the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the horrible scene where we watch this child get traumatized, and it's rough. The kid just stands there and looks like he's dissociating, disassociating, yeah. as he, like, watches this monster, like, cry- climb out of the chimney, like, stares up at it as it, like, goes up the stairs, like, hears his mother scream, hears his dad get killed. And then, like, yeah, he slowly thump, thump, thump back down the stairs and then watches them and go then up it, the chimney. Not it's... only does it go up the chimney, it walks towards him, takes a cookie from behind him. and Oh, goes yeah, up, it takes a cookie. Then goes, which is, it was, it mm-hmm. was funny, I will say. It was good. That was funny, yeah. But. <laughs> this poor guy. Yeah, real. Child. Real rough. The scene is so long. The scene is, like, two minutes long. It's so long. They dedicated two minutes to us watching this child get traumatized for the rest of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a moment where it looks like he wants to scream and can't, like, can't manage making any noise mm-hmm. as he just stares up at this thing. It's it's good acting from this kid. Mm-hmm. Whew. It's rough. So then he yeah. apparently describes it as Santa took Daddy up the chimney, and yeah. uh, Sam chooses to interrupt the interview to go, where did you get that wreath? And she goes, excuse uh-huh. me? And he's like, just curious. But apparently she did answer... It's um, and Dean's like, uh, what? What the hell, dude? Why are you ask? Why did yeah. you ask her that? Mm-hmm. Um, and sounds like we've seen we saw that yesterday at this other house. And he goes, I know, I was just testing you. He's such a loser. It's it's good. He's also, another big win for Detective Sammy. What a thing to notice. Mm-hmm. Um, the also I, I the foley is really visceral in this child traumatized scene. The sound that they use for like the mum getting knocked out does not it sounds like she got murdered it's like a like a meat noise <laughs> so i was very surprised to see her in the next scene i thought she was yeah. dead that's that's all what i want to know is why did he take the dad and not the mom cuz clearly he got to the mom first i don't know it's they've been taking men to sacrifice in general they took the grandpa to yeah i don't know i don't know I suppose Either way. Either way. Yeah, the the wreath scene is very funny. Um, mm-hmm. They call Bobby. We don't see Bobby, but off screen. It's like, we're not dealing with the anti-claws. <laughs> Bobby called the morons. Yeah. Uh, and then we get Meadowsweet, which Sam says, it's pretty rare, and it's probably the most powerful plant in pagan lore. Meadowsweet is a fairly common herb throughout a bunch of Europe and is mostly used to flavor beer. <laughs> Love Supernatural when it's terrible. <laughs> In all of my, like, actual exposure to, like, actual modern witchcraft, I've never heard of Meadowsweet called for in any yeah. kind of ritual or spell. It's usually, like, mint. Yeah. And rosemary. And vervain, which mint and vervain get called out later, which, like, that's yes. fair enough, but... Like, shit you can get in the grocery store. Yes. Yeah, is, me- it, yeah. is it at it's, least it's... rare in America? Um... Because you know how America's the only country. Possibly. That may be true. Okay. The rest of it is still incredibly stupid. I do like, um, before yeah. we move on, uh, Sam's like, it was probably Meadowsweet. And Dean goes, wow, amazing. What the hell is Meadowsweet? <laughs> um, He's such a sarcastic It's asshole. also used as a as a upset stomach remedy. Mm. It's also used as a flavor for panna cotta. 
Mmm, panna cotta. <laughs> Is that that bread? No, it's like a, it's um, like a gelatin dessert with like cream. Oh. And it's it's like not a cheesecake, but I was thinking of pentatone. Ah. Uh. <laughs> um, before before we anyway. get to the other meat in the scene, uh, quick shout out to the fact that both of them have a little bracelet on, completely unrelated to each other. Just they each have a little mm -hmm. bracelet. Um, mm -hmm. and then and then Sam. <laughs> says pretty much every uh -huh. Christmas tradition is pagan and Dean goes Christmas is Jesus's birthday shut the fuck up Dean you're an idiot <laughs> um, and Sam goes off on him and says yeah. you know gives examples Windsor Solstice Festival was co-opted by the church and yeah, renamed is... Christmas Yule Log Tree yeah. Santa's Red Suit and Dean goes how do you know that what are you going to tell me next Easter Bunny's Jewish shut up at least the word Jewish exists <laughs> in, the, in the lore of the show now <laughs> uh-huh um anyway i don't know who the fuck holding the car is <laughs> there's not a lot of info about holding the car and most of the stuff on the internet is related to supernatural <laughs> wikipedia says that holding the car is a teutonic malevolent water spirit uh but there's very few sources cited like this article is extremely small it's like two sentences it says one source says king of the sea nymphs from the 2006 book saint nicholas in america christmas uh holy day and holiday which i have no idea how accurate that is as a source um other things i was looking at it's like holding the car may be um like another name for um olden uh olden odin um but again it there's not a lot um however it is almost certainly true that holding the car is where you get old nick from holding the car old old nick it's there mm -hmm. um but it's there's it's yeah it's you know it's hard to research this stuff because a lot of it is both like gone and erased from like you know like cultural imperialism etc cetera, etc cetera. um and also uh has been it's the way a lot of this stuff has been resurfaced is in a very um not in a particularly anthropologically rigorous fashion uh particularly mm -hmm. due to like you know the trends of modern occultism that we talk about all the time it's yeah so i like i could i didn't wasn't particularly interested in falling down like a super deep research rabbit hole about this um like maybe there's something but my cursory checking did not get me very much and like i searched on my like skull like uh university database and couldn't find much either so yeah, I, I don't mm -hmm. know, but... Also, the, I'm pretty sure, like, the god of the winter solstice does have a name. Well, there's lots of gods <laughs> of the winter solstice. That's the thing well, yeah. which, which drives me nuts about this. It's like, I, like yeah. in what culture? Yeah. And, like, yeah. it's It would have been so easy to just, like, pick one. Also, <laughs> holding the car is two people. Yeah. Uh, which That's the other thing. Which, I don't it's know, like... is this Odin and Freya? <laughs> I don't like, know. Probably not. <laughs> So yeah, it's you know, it's it's fine. We can move on. Um, my favorite thing <laughs> from the hold in the car scene, uh, which I was holding off on during the actual like discussion of it, but um, he says Sam says when you sacrifice the hold in the car, guess what he gives you in return? And uh, I know what wasn't meant by this line, but what Dean actually says is lap dances. Hopefully, hold on a second, Dean. You're saying that you hope, yeah, fellas, I, someone I using he/him pronouns I, I gives you a lap dance. That is what you yeah, just I said. Don't... <laughs> I, yeah. What he meant is that Pres when you sacrifice, you are given 
women who give you lap dances. But that is not yes. what he said. That is not what he said. Another win for stupidly written Dean. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I like the mild weather thing. Um, that's a it's a really funny excuse for oh we're filming in Vancouver and it never snows here except for now in 2022 <laughs> it does because global warming. Um, yeah. we had a ridiculous amount of snow this year, uh, etc. But anyway, at the time it never snows and it never snowed in Vancouver. Um, so it's a funny excuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but also by the end of the episode when they are having their shitty little Christmas, it is snowing outside. Yes, it, yeah, which is presumably fake snow. I mean, yeah, but, like, now they have their proper white yeah. Christmas spirit. Really wish I didn't know things. <laughs> um. Anyway, they go to the guy that they got the, that the wreaths came from. Uh, I love that Dean says, we were playing Jenga over the walls the other night. Uh, which is very funny. And once again, um, shove Sam under the bus. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. Sa- Sam says. What's even better is Sam leans in yeah, the Sam bit. He didn't have to yummy. say what he says. Yeah, he gives Dean the dead look and then goes, "It was yummy." You could just say it was cute, or that your wife liked it. Like, there's so many things you could have said. I like the implication that Sam ate this wreath. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, say hi, Skipper. Uh, Sam oh. trying so hard to like play it cool as he's like it might have been made of uh meadow sweet maybe I don't know I like might have just randomly heard of this supposedly rare like pagan mm-hmm. thing I just like happened to recognize it on site I don't know I love how the guy goes well aren't you a pagan? yeah <laughs> like damn um I really like that uh. He he says, uh, Madge Carrigan, a local lady, she said the Reese was so special, she gave them to me for for free. Sam says, she didn't charge you? He says, nope. Dean says, did you sell them for free? Shopkeeper says, hell no, it's Christmas. People pay a buttload for this crap. Dean says, that's the spirit. Yeah. It's a very funny exchange. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the shopkeeper. I love that he thinks he's getting one over on Madge, but actually Madge is using him to distribute these wreaths as widely as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... And then Dean chooses, once they're back in their motel, Dean decides to reminisce about uh, a wreath that John brought home. And Sam goes, you mean the one he stole from a liquor store? And Dean's like, yeah, I could probably find one just like it. Um, you can buy Meadowsweet Seeds for six bucks, <laughs> I just want to point out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so rare. So rare. It must cost hundreds of dollars to make a wreath out of Meadowsweet um Incredible. you can buy meadow sweet online you can buy a pound of meadow sweet for 26 dollars, which i'm sure you can make i mean i guess this is dried but you know i'm just i'm just pointing out probably not that much money <laughs> i mean i don't know maybe That's it was insane. less common in 2007 but really i don't like probably not that much of a difference so. i highly doubt it supernatural is dumb um but yeah. on a note of supernatural being not dumb um Sam is like, why do you want Christmas so bad? And Dean's like, why are you so against it? I mean, were your childhood memories that traumatic? Dean, look in a mirror. Yeah. Yes, they were. Yep. Literally. Sam says, are you Bing Crosby all of a sudden? Literally, it's so funny. And then, yeah, Dean says, like, this is my last year. Mm-hmm. Sam says, I can't just sit around drinking eggnog, pretending everything's okay when I know next Christmas you'll be dead. Ugh. <gasps> Ugh. Oof. 
playing my Doctor Who card to say last Christmas. Hmm. Ha ha. Then we get another flashback. Dean, walk, little baby Dean, walks in mm-hmm. with... Yeah, Dean walks in with, like, a pile of, like, packaged food and throws some Funyuns at Sam and goes, don't forget your vegetables. Here's your vegetables. He's thinking about it. He went shopping and he was like, I'm going to take care of my little brother's um, um, dietary needs. And, like, he's not doing so great. He got Funyuns. But he was was thinking about it enough to make a joke about it. The thought is there. Yeah. Yeah, so Sam's found the diary. Sam's like, I know why we lay salt down everywhere we go. I know why you keep a gun under your pillow. Which, Dean, he's 13. He keeps a gun under his pillow. Yeah. And he goes, no, you don't. Stay out of my stuff. Shut up. <laughs> Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Uh-huh. Dean <laughs> says, I swear if uh, you ever told Dan- Dad I told you any of this, I will end you. Siblings. And then he says... Ugh. He says, well, the first thing you have to know is we have the coolest dad in the world. He's a superhero, which made me lose my mind. It's so, so much. The hero <sighs> worship is so strong, and I'm so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I do like Sam says, dad said the monsters under my bed weren't real, and Dean says that's because he had already checked under there. Yeah. But yeah, they're yeah. real. Almost everything is real. And then, yeah, and then Sam goes, Santa is real. Santa real? No. Monsters are real. They could get us. They could get me. Dad's not going to let them get you. Which just gestures at the show. <laughs> what if they get uh, him? Yeah. They aren't going to get dad. Dad's like the best. I read in dad's, dad's book, like they got mom. The best. <sighs> Sam uh, shows a very uh, cogent understanding of logic for an eight year old. They got mom. They can get dad. If they can get dad, they can get us. Dean goes, It's not like that. We're fine. Yeah. And Sam. Shuts down the conversation and cries himself to sleep. And Dean goes, "It'll all be better when yep. you wake up. You'll see. Promise." And it's like close up on his face, and like holds there, because yep. he went through this at some point. Like, mm-hmm. so at yeah. some point, John had to tell him what happened because he's completely in on it, and he's twelve. Yeah, miserable. Also, again, shout out to this little baby actor. He does a great job of mimicking Jensen's physicality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Like, was there like a? I'm, I'm interested how the like training for that went. I'd imagine Jensen was probably coaching, yeah. or like Jensen did everything, and they had this uh, young actor study him mm. or something. I really quickly wanted to draw attention to the line Dean saying, "Dad's gonna kick your ass for reading that." Got some implied mm. child abuse here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much that would actually happen but it's like i don't know how much it's dean exaggerating but still but still but still yeah anyway yeah Mm -hmm. then we get the kerrigans and i love them they're really good (laughs) yeah they're really good and then yes uh they go discuss them and uh dean goes what ozzy and harriet are keeping a pagan god hidden underneath their plastic covered couch i don't know who ozzy and harriet are but it's very funny that he says plastic covered couch because then when they go sneak into the house uh he like pokes the couch and goes see plastic um the mm-hmm. Ozzy and Harry this is this mm, this drives me crazy The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet was a sitcom that aired from 1952 to 1966 this is an old sitcom that's before Dean's time he just knows things it's pop culture it's yeah, no yeah, you know what else Oh. you know what else is what? an old sitcom that aired before Dean's time Fair the Dick Van Dyke show 
Oh, I was close. Why does he know Ozzy and Harriet, but he doesn't know about the Dick Van Dyke show? This is this is driving me crazy. He saw the title and went, "Oh God, I'm repressing this." Uh, <laughs> it's just it's just another little little. I, it just makes that earlier line just even sillier. This is the they chose to, yes. to reference Ozzy and Harriet. It's fine. It's just bothers me. Um, then they have a little fight scene and get taken down incredibly easily. Dean does like this little guy fall over. He just like falls on his ass, just, like topples. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they are tied up, and there is torture scene that I couldn't watch. It's bad. I sorry, going back slightly just to like the Kerrigans. Um, Mr. Kerrigan like coming down the stairs, like having his pipe. He's like, "What's going on, honey?" <laughs> And uh, she's like talking about the Reese. Oh, the Reese are fine, fine Reese. Care for some peanut brittle? And just, just has peanut brittle on him. He has a, he has pipe. a full box of peanut brittle. He has a pipe. He's wearing like a sweater. Um, a blue sweater. It's incredible. Yeah. It's these actors. And they keep are it up during the torture scene. Um, like they're still fully yeah. in this person. No, absolutely. this is just who they are. It's great. Yeah. Which is so, it, the idea of two, like, actual pagan yeah. gods just deciding that they're going to fucking love Christmas. It's great. It's, like, the inside of their house looks like a Bath and Body Works at 11.59 on October 31st. It's crazy. Uh, and, yeah, when <laughs> when they go down in the basement, uh, when they go down mm-hmm. in the basement, uh, Madge says, gosh, I wish you boys hadn't come down here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the flashlights yeah, they got linger on their faces. faces and there's like... Which I yeah. don't know what's up with that. They're gods, not zombies. Me neither. But I guess they need to show yeah. that they're monsters some, for some way. I don't know. I never... Honestly, I never noticed that until I watched it last mm-hmm. night. Uh, it's very interesting. When... Uh, <laughs> uh, just all their dialogue, everything... This torture good. scene is like real and rough, really but they're so good. Voices. Madge says, um, oh, here we thought you two lazy ones are going to sleep through sleep straight through all the fun stuff. And Mr. Car- Dean says, nah, we're partiers. Mr. Kerrigan says, isn't he a kick in the pants, honey? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he calls her a bitch and she goes, you know what I say when I feel like swearing? Fudge. Fudge. And then he says, you fudging touch me again. I'll fudging kill you. And she says, there we it's go. Really it's so, so funny. Good. Um, right before that, though, they give a little speech about how they have uh, become little um, wasps. And yeah. um, um, Mr. Carrigan says, back in the day, we were worshipped by millions. All of a sudden, this Jesus character is the hot new thing in town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true say that. All of a sudden, our <laughs> altars are being burned down. We're being hunted down like common monsters, which... I want to know what gods think about monsters. I what common monsters that there's so much there. Yeah. And the show like I'm going to get nothing. I'm just going to sit here feeling sad. I want to know more about these gods. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um and then yeah, it's like did we say a peep? No, no, no. Two millennium. We kept a low profile. We got jobs and mortgage. What was that word, dear? We assimilated. Yes, we assimilated. Why we play bridge on Tuesdays and Fridays. Picks up large knife. We're just like everybody else. It's so good. It's so like, good. Literally an episode about assimilation in a Christmas episode. This yeah, one it's, this it's one good. gets like, it. Thank you, Jeremy Carver. A lot Again, of the like uh, 
All of the actual lore stuff is, like, bad and wrong, but these two characters and everything about, like, what they say and their, like, relationship to the world and stuff is fascinating. It's very good. Mm-hmm. As I, as I said in the Discord, it's very, all of this is very American gods. Mm-hmm. And like I also said in the Discord, when Supernatural does uh, the whole gods thing, mm-hmm. There is a lot of American gods in it. Like, I can, now that I've read American gods, I can see the influence. Yeah. yeah. Um, so while they're about to pull out one of Dean's teeth for the ritual, mm-hmm. like, pliers in his mouth, the doorbell rings, and he goes, Somebody gonna get that? You should get that. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, mouthful, Mr. So Kerrigan cute. says, Mr. Kerrigan says something else that drives me crazy. There was a time when kids came from miles around just to be sitting where you are. What does that mean? Implying that they would volunteer to be the sacrifice. Yes, but what did they, were they, did they embody, were they like just people in the world at that time? I want to know what Supernatural's conception of what like the, the, the history is and like what God's roles were well i was assuming that like, and, like how other embodied humans they would were do the ritual like the I gods guess. themselves but, like, were in these bodies the gods are embodied now though and like they yeah. can't they are like weak in this form like they need to like what I, mm, everything about this there's so much i want to know more there's so much here <laughs> mm-hmm. um anyway yeah their neighbor is very good she like them is Classic extremely freaky like suburban like waspy um yeah mm-hmm. gives them the fruit fruit cake uh she says we on for bridge tomorrow he says with bells on yeah literally yes. my, it's my back darn thing giving me fits yeah then they head back and the boys are gone um i really like that dean yeah. like pulls out a drawer to hold a door closed that was clever good job dean mm-hmm. um and then they're like oh no where are we gonna get evergreen on christmas yeah, Dumbass. it's it's immediately funny. canceled out their cleverness. Yeah. Um yeah, anyway, the gods get owned. It's I I don't know. It's like I guess the they're they're weakened because they don't get a lot of sacrifices anymore, I guess. So it's like, yeah, they can just get killed like this, but I don't know. It happens very it's fast. I'm like, I would, I'd, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't mm-hmm. that good of a fight scene. I do like the way um Mr. Kerrigan screamed Madge's name when she got killed though. Yeah. Also mm-hmm. interesting that like he's assimilated to the point where that's the name he calls out, not like whatever her original yeah. name was. Yeah, not yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last flashback. <sighs> it's so much. It's so so much. So first mm-hmm. of all, the fact that uh Dean immediately lies and says, Dad was here, look what he brought, not taking credit, he wants Sam to live in this illusion. Yeah. And Sam says, Why didn't he try to wake me up? And Dean does like this little pause and he goes, He tried to, like a thousand times. <sighs> He's trying so hard. And um when Sam opens the girl presents, Dean tries to play it off and goes, Dad probably thinks you're a girl. Trans Sam keeps winning by losing once again. <laughs> so true. And then Sam goes, Dad never showed, did he? And he goes, yeah, he did, I swear. It's, yeah, like I said, this episode truly uh, is very anti-John Winchester. Yeah, fuck that guy. Also, Dean has been bad at lying. Womb to tomb. (laughs) And then Sam gives him the present that he meant to have for his dad 
Dean is literally Sam's dad. It's so much. Mm-hmm. And he loves it. He says, thank you, Sam. I love it. And he puts it on and he never, ever, ever takes it off. He never takes never. it off. He has it. It's been so long. It's been like, not 20 years, years but close. It's been yeah. almost two decades. It's, oh. He sleeps It's really good. Thing. It's a really good scene. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to the present and... Um, Dean walks into the room and we focus on the necklace because he still has it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I saw that, um, in the, uh, I saw that apparently that eggnog was actually spiked. Yeah. And it wasn't supposed to be. Like, this is trivia trivia. for the episode. Um, Jared did in fact spike Jensen's drink, so when Dean, like, chokes on it, that's Jensen actually choking on it. Yeah. Which, like, it is funny. Don't drug your coworkers without their consent. No. (laughs) No. Yeah. That would explain why it actually looks like he's drinking whiskey, because usually it's just like, ah, yes. I remember my director in high school giving one of the actors a note of like, yeah, I know you're a high schooler, but alcohol doesn't taste good. Make it look real. Because he was drinking vodka or something (laughs) in character. That's why I always think about that whenever actors drink booze on on screen. Mm -hmm. They're they're shitty little presents. They're shitty little presents. presents. But also the way that this is specifically like Sam paying Dean back for their shitty little Christmas when they were little like yeah dean stole a Mm -hmm. little tree and now sam has set up a little tree and it's so family yeah family okay they're cousins let's get into it (laughs) yeah (laughs) so dean gets sam a pair of nudie magazines and shaving cream and and shaving cream yeah and Sam's reaction is genuinely so sweet. He goes, yeah, skin mags. <laughs> like, it's so adorable. Gender-affirming yeah. Christmas presents from the well, gas station. You say that, but I don't, like, if it, there's a, okay. So there's an interesting, like, performative quality around Christmas and opening presents. Like, even if you yeah. do genuinely like the um, presents, there's a, like culturally we are trained we as in people who celebrate christmas are trained to like overperform um uh-huh. and the both the boys are like leaning so hard into that here and like i don't think they're it's not ungenuine but also i think the show is being very deliberate about the fact that they are putting on a show for each other yeah. here they want this like to be the, all good christmas yeah the ritual is mm-hmm. more important to them than anything that they're actually getting and so, Rich, like, yeah, well, Sam normally, episode, I, I have my head in my hands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Sam normally, I don't think would have that reaction. He does um, think it's funny. Yeah, it's like it's it's Christmas, and also, yeah, it, it like it's yeah. funny. Like he wasn't expecting like good yeah. gifts, so he doesn't care. Yeah. Like if he cared about Christmas, he would celebrate it yeah. more often, yeah. and clearly he doesn't. So yeah, it doesn't read as like. It it reads more as like they have a mutual understanding of how this is yeah. kind of like it's a, a joke ritual. and it's about spending time together. Yeah, yeah it's a ritual. And then uh, Dean opens his presents. It's very and sweet. And it's a candy bar and like some oil for the car. And he goes, "Fuel for me and fuel for my baby." Yeah. He's yeah. so cute. They're Literally. So Dean good. says these are awesome, Sam. Which again, that that like Christmas style like overperformance. Mm-hmm. 
But also, um, when, when Sam opened his presents, Dean goes, you like? <laughs> he just wanted to make him happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Immediately, though, the ritual starts to break as they do the eggnog. Like, there are close-up shots in their faces, and they're not smiling anymore. There's a bit where, like, Sam kind of looks off into the middle distance. There's He's a bit like where, like, Dean looks something. off to the side. And yeah. then he switches, clearly changes what he was going to say, and goes, you feel like watching yep. the game? They're like, yeah, yep. let's do that. And so they watch whatever football yeah. is on. Yeah, it's like this is, they got to keep it going. Like, they're, the spell is about to be broken, and then they do a, a Christmassy thing of, like, watching TV together. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's... God. Because, like, how do you say it? How do you, like, tell your brother, yeah. I'm sorry that you're going to be how dying do you cross because that? I miss you yeah. because I love yeah. you? Also, it's like a shitty old CRT TV. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then we zoom out the window. It's snowing. Yeah. <sighs> Other actor facts for this episode? Um. Y yes. Yeah. Also. Yeah. What an episode. Um. Very good Christmas special as far yeah. as like actually understanding like the themes of Christmas specials yeah, before, and how that would relate to, to the these two boys. I want to get on my soapbox for a minute. I. Um, oh yeah don't generally like Christmas specials because they tend to be so, um, not just in your face, but like, like often an excuse for lazy writing, even in like, even aside from the entire like assumption that everyone celebrates Christmas besides mm -hmm. the one Jewish character who surfaces their Jewishness for the first time all season to go, Hey, not everyone celebrates Christmas and then get ignored forever. Um, look uh -huh. at you, Buffy, uh, and community and everything else that has one Jewish character. Um, and so Christmas episodes piss me off for that reason. But like when they're done well, no, before they're done well, when they're done poorly, it's just like a way to quickly wrap up whatever problems people have been having because it's Christmas and everyone's in a good mood and everyone is in a forgiving mood and all of the problems just naturally fall into place suddenly and then like you can just move on for the rest of your season and give them new problems or whatever but like it doesn't feel good to me you know it's supposed to be a feel-good episode and I always it, it mm -hmm. leaves me with a sour taste instead this one works um why you want to get into why it works yeah I think it particularly works for um you know, Christmas is complicated. People a lot of the times have like more complicated relationships with their families than Christmas specials generally want to show. Uh, world's a big place, uh, and it's quite likely that not always Christmas will the Christmas memories will be happy for certain people. And this show very much like leans into that in a way that emphasizes. The fact that Christmas is a thing about family and the fact that family is a complicated thing. And I think it does a good job doing both the, like, the good part of Christmas as, like, a ritual to, like, interact, like, as an excuse to, like, be nice and give presents to people who you care about and are, are important to you. Uh, that the show leans into very hard at the end here. But also the fact that a lot of the time there are, like, unpleasant memories associated with it uh, that is, like extremely emphasized by the fact that this particularly particular unpleasant memory is one of them is dying yeah yeah um and also is like kind of irreverent about the whole thing like leans into the fact that like yeah this whole thing is like made up uh is based on a bunch of other things that aren't like isn't actually the date of jesus's birthday a lot of the rituals have been co-opted from older traditions etc cetera, etc cetera. 
but it's still at the end like uses that like i guess what the i don't know the core is to to be extremely corny the i guess true meaning of christmas or like the thing that it would hopefully be if you took capitalism out of the equation which again as all holidays are an excuse to hang out with people you like and be nice to them and have a good time and give them presents exactly Um, like this episode mm -hmm. acknowledges the historical context of christmas it acknowledges the hyper capitalism of christmas it acknowledges the shittiness of some people's christmas experiences and it still manages to say but despite all that christmas has value when you spend it with the people you want to spend it with yeah and like it doesn't magically make their problems go away but it like it's better than nothing which is good yeah and yeah 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 yeah. that's also a good point it's like the haunt the specter of death still haunts them at the end of the scene their problems haven't gone it is a moment for them to have a good time it's one good night that they get to have together and Mm -hmm. not think about what hovers over them like always yeah good episode yeah good episode yeah good (laughs) nice one to come after the previous one which yeah what a mixed bag of a show yeah was it was a fun episode too? Like like we said, the Kerrigans were such a fun monster of the week. I'm sad they're dead, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they sure sold every moment of screen time they were there for. Um, speaking of which, uh, I have one actor fact today, which is for Edward Kerrigan, uh, Mr. Kerrigan, the, the, uh, obviously uh, Spencer, whose name is Spencer Garrett. Uh, he's been a bit part in a lot of things, but most prominently, he's President Raiko on Korra. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is great because he's doing the same voice. He's doing like oh nineteen. Well, I guess it's nineteen twenties, not nineteen fifties. But he's doing old timey man voice in that as well. He's very good at it. In fucking credible. Yeah. Amazing. Good for him. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's that's everything, and that's uh, it for us for the day for today mm-hmm. uh thank you very much for listening please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice um next time we will be talking about Malleus maleficarum don't know how to pronounce that which episode which episode, which episode? and then dream a little dream of me which is gonna drive dream me a nuts. little dream of me oh boy <gasps> oh god no not this one oh boy. yeah so we have a fun episode and a brainworms episode is this Emma, is this the one with, like, the Dean suicidal ideation? Um, probably. Or is that a different season it's three It's written by Catherine Humphreys and Sarah Gamble, uh, so it's a lot. You know it's a lot. Uh, oh, it's uh, really wonderful. Well, okay. look forward to that, everybody. Oh okay. Uh, okay, yep. Uh, right now, we are... Um, Exchanging sadly shitty presents. Watching terrible football. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Drinking alcoholic eggnog. As the fake snow comes down outside. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) There actually is snow outside. Nice. The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find the link in the episode description.